0: Hey everybody, welcome to the 13th episode of the Irrelevant Podcast. We're now on the unlucky number. Um, I'm trying harder and harder to do really shitty intros. Um, I should really stop. Uh, Sorry.
1: (laughs) Man, quite the host.
0: Yeah, man, I suck ass. Like, I suck ass dick, dude. Uh, uh. So anyways... (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Okay, so, how you doing,
1: Jason? I am doing wonderful, man. How are fucking you?
0: Dude, I am fucking myself great. Cool. Um, I am doing 11 out of 10. Sometimes I'm pushing 12 out of 10, but um, sometimes it drops down to a 9, but a 9 is still fucking fantastic, and when you're averaging like a 9, that's
1: that's pretty great.
0: Uh, yeah, so today...
1: <laughs> you really had to put oh. an arbitrary number system for bullshit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like do, I like doing arbitrary numbers and bullshit for things that don't matter. It's great. I love like assigning a number to a movie or like a like a show or a game or a, or an album, anything. I'm just like, let's just rate it out of ten. <laughs> Fuck it.
1: So we live our lives numerically.
0: Yeah, dude, how, how's your how's your life doing?
1: Eh, I give it like a like a five. <laughs> it's pretty busy. I'm a uh... I waited so I always wait to the last minute to do things, so I need to be out of the place I'm living in June, so I'm trying to frantically search for a place. It's been really fucking difficult because apartments are too expensive here for myself and you know, Damn. trying to find a room to rent is just another nightmare itself, just dealing with the general public.
0: Dude, or you could just go to Woodbridge and risk getting shot every day.
1: I can do that anywhere in this fucking part of the country. Yeah, sure. <laughs> DMV
0: baby, that's how it is up DMV. here.
1: <clears throat>
0: oh yeah. Anyway, but food. like, how would you, hmm? how would you rate your, your life right now? Out of ten.
1: Honestly, my life's ten out of ten. The, my only complaints is the stuff that I did to myself. I waited to the last minute to do this, so I'm kind of stressing about it. But besides that, yeah. ten out of ten. So I always view life as okay. something you can control and things you can't control, and the things I can't control are doing okay i guess
0: <laughs> yeah, things you can't control are the illuminati and like all the government shit we've talked about um dude where the fuck did that even come like where does the illuminati come
1: from i still don't even know it comes from the freemasons oh like the the scots and all that shit well yeah it's like the the knights templar the freemasons those are what people are basically rumored to be the
0: Illuminati. oh the freemasons are connected to the templars
1: I don't know if the Freemasons are connected to the Templars or if Templars were Freemasons. I don't really quite remember. My history is kind of fuzzy on it, but I know All that I both know, of them have been blamed of being in the Illuminati or controlling the I world know secretly. The,
0: right. I know the Freemasons were like they were the Church of Scotland? I know.
1: Um um I don't know. I think know. a lot of that, that doesn't sound A lot of right, the founding fathers
0: know. A lot of the founding fathers actually I'm pretty sure were Freemasons.
1: Yeah, a lot of the founding fathers were a lot of presidents have been. I actually Thought about joining it for a split second just to see what they're all about, and then they were like, "Oh, you have to pay membership dues." I was like, "Fuck that!" So then I decided not okay. to do it. But I was interested because yeah, it's pretty it's, yeah. Anytime somebody explains it, it's like they try to be super vague and secretive, but like it really just sounds like boring fucking just fraternity. So I I don't know.
0: It still is kind of interesting though, and like I remember, have you ever seen National Treasure? Yes, I have. Yeah, that, when it, I mean, I'm sure that's probably not even accurate, but, um, like, the way that they, like, intertwined the treasure with, like, the Freemasons, I thought was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I I, thought it was interesting, too, and that's kind of what put them on my radar, them, and also um, the Da Vinci Code, which, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think that was specifically them. It was just Opus Dei, I think, is what it was.
0: Yeah, I've never seen that, actually.
1: It's not bad. You might enjoy it.
0: Isn't that, like, the whole, like... There's a, there's a, um, like a divine bloodline of Jesus or something like that.
1: Oh, fuck, man. Really stretched my memory here. I thought I knew this movie on lock. It's like they, there is, it's like a secret Catholic society and, um, dude, fucking, I'm not even going to speak on it cause I completely fucking forgot what this whole movie's about. I've seen it many times and like, I'm just thinking of national <laughs> treasure now. <laughs> Holy fuck, bro.
0: National. I want to we need to see uh, that fucking movie with, like... You saw that movie with, like, Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal? That movie looks fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, I do want to see that. I don't even remember what it was even called. Mm. It has, like, a long-ass name. Fuck. What the hell is it? It's, like... Like, the, the, the weight of being famous or some shit?
1: Yeah, something like that. It looks no, really that, fucking that... dumb, but I kind of want to see it.
0: No, and Nick Cage is, like, the biggest, like, meme actor ever. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, like because I'm I'm trying to think of meme actors.
1: I just think it's funny. Besides in, him, there's a lot of them, but I just think it's funny in that when I saw the trailer for that movie, it was just pretty much him playing himself.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even think it was real. I thought that th- it was like a commercial.
1: It did have commercial vibes, I'm not going to
0: lie. Yeah, but and and I hope when I see it it'll feed like to the movie's favor cuz nothing is worse than like this super hyper self-aware movie that like it just gets constantly reminding you that you're watching a movie. And it doesn't like, um, you know, like it's, a, it's a movie that it, instead of doing stuff, it tells you what it's doing. And it's like, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't, I want to be showed. Like, I want you to show me what you're doing. Cause you don't need to like explain to me what you're doing. You can show it to me. That's why I don't really like, you know, the like new teen Titans movie or whatever the fuck that came out a few years ago. And like, I mean, this constant also like all those like Lego movies, that's kind of why they like just don't appeal to me is because they constantly have jokes about like the structure of movies, the plots of movies and like devices in movies. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. It's funny, but like it gets to the point where it's like the joke is just like, hey, look, we're at the scene where this happens. And it's like, great.
1: Yeah, it's like that very direct form of storytelling. It's just really lazy, and I know we've touched on it a couple times, but yeah, it's it's just not enjoyable. Like Yeah, like you said, we're just sitting there watching a movie and waiting for it to be over as opposed to just getting involved in the story, which is what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It's good movies and do like that. An,
0: right, and an outlier to that, um, who can do those kind of self-aware um, spoofs is like the um, – uh, the uh, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the South Park guys, yeah. they are fucking geniuses because like Team America: World Police, that movie is like making fun of cliches and movie tropes and like plot devices, like the whole movie. But at the same time, it still has like a core, and it can still like, yeah, like I still am invested in the story, and I want to watch it. So I was supposed like, oh yeah, keep, yeah, keep yeah. guessing. <laughs>
1: That movie, I, I fucking, I love that movie to death. But like, I don't know the, oh, the story. Great. Like, the story is like, it, the story is cheesy on purpose. Like, it's over dramatic. They always play the really fucking, you know, harp and piano music when they're supposed to be a dramatic love scene, or it's supposed to, you know, have a passionate speech. Like, Dude, they did that for a the reason. Fucking
0: the scene where like the puppets have sex is the funniest fucking thing.
1: I just think any scene oh with, my God. Uh, with Kim Jong Il is the funniest fucking shit ever. <laughs>
0: Also, that big speech at the end about, like, dicks, assholes, and pussies, that was just genius. Yeah,
1: so that's kind that of... That was my... pure genius. So, like, I, I watched that movie for entertainment value, like, I don't know, like, the story is... I mean, I mean, it is pretty creative, don't get me lie, or I'm not gonna lie, but... Um... No, and I love <laughs> how it, it it pokes fun, it's, like, so much shit,
0: like, they always do, and they're always great at that. Yeah. Like, how they just... How they meme, like, all of the actors, and then it's just, like, <laughs> the, the F-A-G... <laughs> <laughs> the film actors kill
1: Alec Baldwin
0: Matt Damon Matt Damon
1: <laughs> yeah do that and it was like the G- Team
0: America does nothing to unify the world they only destroy it or whatever the fuck the line was you know it's really funny <laughs> it,
1: Um, that movie it, it just goes to show you have to be a very specific type of person to watch that movie because every single you do every yeah. single person I've showed that movie to fucking hated it
0: are you serious yeah it was Not so even, like, uncomfortable
1: just, not even like matt or travis like it well i'm sure they've i haven't shown i'm sure they've seen it like i'm saying like my friends and oh people that I've, okay and people that i've known in the past yeah. or dated they just didn't think it was funny at all or they didn't get it or they just thought it was just yeah. over the top of really racist and stupid so but i i fucking Dur- love the movie Durka Durka Muhammad. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you got to take things in context like it is but you know it's not you know is the intention to I harm just, people like- or is it just to like just be satirical you know
0: no, yeah, because like South Park is like open about how like they're just like we're just trying to like just poke fun at people and just you know because that's what we should do as like a society. <laughs>
1: well, Trey and Matt's whole you know? angle is it's all or it's either all okay or none okay or none of it's okay. So you know you can't just cherry pick. And I think they're right. I think if you're gonna get mad at something and praise other things of the same vein, like you are a hypocrite and.
0: Oh, no. Like, yeah, that's why I'm never going to get mad at South Park, especially when they make fun of Christianity, because number one, when they do it, it's actually funny. And like they're making a point about it. But at the same time, I don't mind when they make fun of Christianity because like they don't treat Islam or any other religion any nicer. They don't treat no. anybody any nicer. So, Everybody
1: gets. No, exactly.
0: That's why. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I have mad fucking respect for them, because like. You can make fun of Christianity all you want, but then don't come around and be like, oh, well, Buddhism's cool or, oh, well, like Islam's cool. It's like, no, either it's like they're all lame or it's like you can – you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and it's always a position of growth because I remember watching documentary of them or just like a rundown of behind the scenes. And they're always talking about the the, the episodes they wish they did differently or like they've changed their mind on some of the takes that they've had. So it's like nothing is gonna be concrete, too.
0: Yeah, because don't aren't they made weekly? Like they just kind of yeah, they're made in like come s- up with the
1: I, six days. It's crazy how current they so can get. That's so crazy. Yeah,
0: and they feel like so well written, and honestly, like I still because like you know there's there's very few things now like in shows and movies that'll make you like genuinely laugh if you know what I'm saying. Like maybe certain things like it'll give me a chuckle. Yeah, but like South Park still, I laugh out loud.
1: Yeah, I it's, it really is that funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, I've always thoroughly enjoyed them. And but like I said, you have to just have a better understanding because I, they've been canceled a couple times. They've always been involved in controversy, but you know they're still going strong. I
0: know, I know they got canceled with like the Muhammad episode, but what else have they got canceled with? Because most of the time they don't actually get canceled.
1: It's a lot of times it's like the celebrities that they make fun of the. They go to Comedy Central or the network that owns them, I don't remember, and they basically, it's if they're going to do a new movie, they threaten to pull out of the movie or you know pull the funding or do some bullshit like that if they you know cancel that episode. So I think Tom Cruise was like that because when they made fun of Tom Cruise, he took it so fucking personally that basically if they didn't get taken off the air or at least have the episode taken off, then he was going to do something or go on strike or some bullshit like that. So they've just had a bunch of points of contentions with other celebrities. What else, um, I think Tyler, no, Tyler Perry was Boondocks. He got oh,
0: yeah.
1: That was, have you ever seen Boondocks?
0: Like the Boondock Saints?
1: No, like the show Boondocks. The it's like a black anime. Um, it's really no, fucking I, funny. I heard about it. No, I've never seen it. You should watch it. It's basically, um, yeah, it's it's an anime in the style. Well, it, it's yeah, it's a it's basically like an Americanized anime, but it follows like these two um kids that move from the ghetto to like this nice suburban house with his with their grand with uh with their grandpa and the whole premise of the show is like showing all the racial differences and the stuff that's prob like all the the same kind of premise as south park but mainly focuses on like african-american shit so like it all like it plays off of every stereotype you can think of white or black it's so fucking funny and they go really hardcore like they like their premise is like the beat the bet was created to destroy black people so it shows them like a like an evil like <laughs> evil layer of all these guys conspirating and trying to just find different ways to like just make black people really stupid by watching all this like dumb shit on tv it, it's just the stuff that they come up with is what, wild. what is
0: the what is the be bet
1: black entertainment television it's like Oh. It was like a really a real I don't know if it's still around but it's basically it's like MTV but exclusively for black people. Like shows like really stupid uh, ignorant shows and really bad music and shit. Like it like they the whole point was that like it was just very really lazy and really bad and then it was basically harmful to black people and just perpetuated more stereotypes. So um right, right. the creator of the oh, yeah, really like played there, off of that.
0: yeah, like there was like the, the whole black exploitation era in Hollywood and whatnot. Yeah. I um there's, there's this movie that makes fun of that, which I really want to see. It's called Black Dynamite. Have you ever heard of it?
1: I feel like I've seen that. No, I'm yeah, thinking of really Black Clansman. I haven't seen Black Dynamite, I don't think.
0: I have not seen Black Clansman either.
1: That's a good one. I like that one too.
0: Okay. Um. Well, Um. I think we've gone a good bit without talking about the main thing for this video. We have. I forgot. I reckon... Yeah, no. Um. So I recommended to Jason... Um, the album from two thousand two, I believe, from Mark Anthony. Um, Libre is the name of it, and this guy is the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Anthony, and I mean that because this guy, I believe, is the highest selling salsa artist of all time. Oh wow, he he's sold like I I millions. I don't even know how many records he has. Tons of music. He's done collaborations with a bunch of other. Um. Like artists of the like, he was married to Jennifer Lopez. I know for a while. Um, oh, so he he's a Puerto here. Rican from. Wait, what'd you say? He has a lot of traction here. Yeah. Um, he's a Puerto Rican New Yorker, um, and he, yeah, he, yeah, he's just really fucking established himself. <laughs> um, I, I guess f- so. What did you think of Libre?
1: Um, so this one i think out of all the ones you recommended me i think it's probably my least favorite i was anticipating that only because it was very and i'll kind of get into it track by track but um i i think because i i feel like most of the songs were pretty much the same and i know that's very generic to say but it like i mean you're not wrong well um, I mean it's not a bad I th- thing I just like it's like that same kind of tempo and style like after a couple tracks it just started to wear on me but it, it got to the point where like the intros of the songs were interesting and then it would just go devolve back into that same type of salsa beat like you'd hear in a restaurant and then it's just like kind of hard to follow after that but going track by track so the the first track Celos Celos um, yeah and this first track is kind of I think my biggest problem with the album is and this is not to Mark Anthony's detriment it's to the people that engineered it is the fucking the background instruments are really fucking loud so it's like it has a this album not just in this track this album has a really weird mix where the instruments themselves individually sound awesome like they're really hi-fi and you can hear them clearly but the whole song sounds very unmixed like they didn't adjust the volumes for things they didn't eq things like it felt like everything was right in your face and it was hard to focus on you know aspects of the song that way especially like when it was like kind of like the same beats again and again so but that's not really his fault like i i don't really i I don't really fault artists for bad production choices unless that's what they're known for but for guys like this they're not, you know, really writing or manufacturing their own albums, so they kind of have to rely on a record company or a big producer to do that. So I think the producer really fucked up on this album, but that's not, like I said, that's not his fault. Um, um, At the same time, I would, I do kind of, and, like, this isn't necessarily
0: the right way of looking at it, I do kind of excuse it for coming out in, like, the early 2000s when all this technology was going through all these transitions and, like, it wasn't, you know... Up to par, I guess. So that's why I would love to see a remaster of this album. Yeah. I think that'll be very beneficial.
1: I don't think um, it was the mix of technology because, like I said, everything like individually sounds awesome. Like the quality is really top notch on the sounds on this thing. It's just the mixing engineer was not good. The mixing, yeah. That's like I said. That's yeah. that's not a switch technology thing. That I I give that fault to the '80s. Like that's when like people were really using the shitty digital and synth sounds, and they just were really overusing yeah. that. So that's where I. I still don't excuse it because I fucking hate it. But for this one, I mean, it's 2002. Like you can you can put out a great record in 2002. Um, oh, it's 2001 actually. or 2001, whatever. whatever the case may be. But that's like that's really my biggest problem with this. Not just what the songs in general have to offer. Uh, the next track, Este loco que te mira." Um, oh yeah. So I I actually I like the vocals on this one. Um, the only thing, like I said again, like the the effects have like that very '80s kind of cheesy sound to them, so that kind of like kind of takes the vocals back a little bit for me. But I do like them on this one, and he has a very very good voice, and that's the one thing I say with a lot of it these does. guys; they have a very phenomenal um, singing voices.
0: Right, but I I think what because like I do like this album, and so I picked this one because. Um, I, I wanted to do one of his like earlier ones. Yeah. So he, he has some albums that are in English, which I think are really awful because they're more pop as opposed to like salsa and tropical mm-hmm. is like the name of the yeah. sort of genre. Um, but so I picked this one. I had not, I had not listened to the whole thing. So I kind of wanted it to like, I um I want to put it like, I kind of wanted so that we, we would both kind of experience this at the same time. Cause I only knew like a couple of the songs on this like and i didn't even know them that well so this was kind of like a new experience with me but at the same time i do in some ways regret this pick because this isn't necessarily like the best introduction to latin music because I-, I assume your footing in is not that much am i right in assuming that
1: you're assuming i'm what
0: like you're not that like you're not that into this kind of music because what i'm saying
1: I like this music in context. Like, no, I won't sit down and listen to it. But, like, if yeah, I'm out or dancing, like, I, I, do, I do like listening to it. But, like, it's not something that I would pick and sit down to listen to. But that's fine. I feel like, like I said, every type of music has their place. Like, there's music that I love to listen to that I wouldn't in certain situations. But my thing with latin music like i feel like it has to really branch out and like if i can connect a specific melody or if it's super catchy that's the ones that i enjoy the most but for the ones that have the same kind of drums the shaking beat you know the little guitar in the background like i feel like it has to be able- hey it fucking works like it, that, no it that works is, for real like it's it's a good atmosphere it's called
0: um that beat is called montuno
1: montuno it's
0: like it- yeah, yeah it combines the it. okay that's another thing people don't realize is that salsa music has sick ass bass lines i don't know if you noticed that
1: yeah i did i do like the bass that's, the fucking the, bass
0: is springs it like out and then you got you got the shaker thingies and then you got the the clave the best instrument ever the clave. which is just the two the two sticks that you just you know oh yeah <laughs> hit the beat that's really fucking and loud you, in the song <laughs> yeah yeah you notice it or yes. you typically you can use a you can use a cowbell I know, yeah. But then also they have the piano, obviously, and the piano is where you get that that cliche montuno, which is like the yeah, and it's just so good. It's such a winning combination, and I'm sure you've heard the "if it ain't broke, don't fix it." Yeah. So that's why, like, it's kind of I don't know. I, I don't know if I would say it's hard to branch out in this genre, but like when you have that, like, you just have a winning song. It's just <laughs> you know. But I I do agree with you that a lot of this did kind of sound similar, but I think the best track was the fourth one, Hasta Que Vuelvas Conmigo. Yes. That one had a
1: really good intro. That is my favorite of all of them. I actually really like this one. Um, yeah
0: and it had a good like variation
1: obviously yeah so um, i i love that little soft finger picked melody that they did on the classical and then um the vocals are very the, the way i can really describe them is they were very smooth and stylish so yeah this one definitely is my favorite track and i this is the one that i would listen to again um I'm, yeah I'm, and like at, at the sorry go ahead sorry
0: um at like the 3 minute mark or like the 2 minute 55 seconds when like that that montuno just comes back in I'm just like yeah. fuck yes <laughs>
1: like this is awesome. <laughs> you know that one yeah that track really stood out among the rest so that one I mean not just like oh it's the best on the album like I actually really enjoyed listening to this one. Um that's one I would put on my playlist if I made like a a latin playlist. Um the other one that I really liked is a uh, viviendo The the pacing was very that, very that good on good. that one. Um and I think in terms of like singing, this is where his vocals are the best, and then the like the instruments are about the same as anyone else, or any others on the on the album. But um, I I think the vocals were the nicest one. I just liked the Velvas, Vuelvas Camigo" a lot better. Um, but yeah, those two were um, my favorites. Did you like the last one? I
0: thought that one had a great intro. Like like the fourth track
1: yeah i did i like, i love the the guitar melody it was really playful i i liked that song was, but, yes. I, but for the vocals seem like they should be on a different song like he like it's like he just sung over the over the track like he didn't like try to make it fit in the song
0: yeah i see what you're saying um
1: i don't know it's because like think... he kind of sings similarly on all the stuff so he didn't really change the style for the different like it was a the song was like rhythmically the most different of the other songs but then he kind of sang in the same sort of way so that's why it was kind of strange yeah,
0: that like kind of just it, it it's kind of reinforcing your point and this is kind of how i'm gonna add to it it's like that's why i didn't think that this was like your best introduction to like a proper salsa album is because this one does not have as much style As certain other ones that I know have, even from Mark Anthony, like he has some some better albums. I don't understand why I didn't just recommend those, but um, (laughs) I just kind of wanted it for you know, so we have the mutual kind of.
1: Was this why did you pick this one? Was this his most popular, most like radio play? Like, what is the why'd you pick it?
0: No, I was just kind of dicking around with his music, and his first couple albums like were kind of bad, and then this one came up, and I was like, oh, this one's kind of cool. Let's just. Yeah, and like I hadn't even listened to the whole album yet, and I was like, "All right, me and Jason could listen to this one." Because, <laughs> um, like, dude, his English language music is like—it's just—it's not—it's not terrible, but it's just—it's—it's it's just so four out of ten, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, you could. I without listening it's, to, it, I he, guess he just wanted to—he would figure, oh, this is gonna be you know big in America, so like I don't really have to try on this one. I just you know say some sexual lyrics and do some fucking little melody, and I'm good to go. I don't have to really worry yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, but another thing, like the like I was talking about how it, it it does lack style to a certain extent, is because there's a serious lack of minor key. And I think this kind of music works really fucking well when you're in those those minor keys. Like when you get that montuno and all the instruments coming together in these minor keys, it just oh, it just, I just I I can't help but just like start tapping my feet or just get up and dance and just do all.
1: Oh, it's so good. It did have a lot of minor key moments though. I just think like. It it didn't yeah, like, but they it were more fit. ballady. That
0: yeah, exactly. Like because a lot of these songs are kind of they're just ballads. You know, they have like that kind of eighties yeah. and like there's a lot of horns, but not horns in the same way that you think of it in this in like a salsa kind of song.
1: Yeah, it, it's more of uses um, like a synth almost. It's like a pad that they just kind of swell yeah. back and down. But um, I I know yeah, I exactly. I kind of felt the majority of that for the like I said for like the mixing and the effects because I think. It just it's like it's an it's an art form in itself. Like you have to have a producer that's really creative in that way to really add to the song as opposed to just throwing an effect on because you know you need to add something. But um, the one thing that I the one thing that was also that the other track that I liked was a uh, Duke Bende. Um, I always and actually the one thing I want to touch on is I love how they incorporate almost like different types of instruments. Like they have the accordion, the piano, the guitar, the flute. Like they Every, like, each song like had different well, types yeah. of instruments. So that was cool because I liked the piano melody on this one. I'm sorry, the the accordion. And then they had, I don't know, like, I didn't notice it on the rest of the album, but they had, like, this really, like, it almost sounds like, you know, like those, like, bamboo sticks that hit the ground, like the water fountain things. Like, I don't know if it was wooden drums or if it was a really smooth metal sounding drum. But those are very good. I don't recall good. that. Or, like, a wooden marimba or some shit like that. Something like that. Yeah, so um, I, I like that a lot. Um and I think also this his vocal performance on this song I think was the most dynamic. This is where he played with the tone of it and the inflection a little bit more than he did on the other one. So um I think this is a I really strong his vocal best... take on this one.
0: I think his best vocal performance was on Hasta que vuelvas conmigo.
1: I thought that was his best love- delivery in melody. I just thought, like, because like he kind of had the same tone throughout the whole album, but on that song, he switched it yes. up. And I, I like when, like I said, I like when singers play with their voice and they do different types of inflections, um, which is cool. The other one that was interesting was uh, Barco a la deriva. Barco
0: a la deriva. I
1: like the flute melody on that one a lot. I, always, I like the flute. I like when people add it in there, even if it doesn't fit. I just like hearing it. Um, for some yeah, the reason, the flute is a
0: very pretty instrument.
1: It is, and I want to learn how to play it. the The wooden flute always sounds really cool. the The, the metal ones are always a little bit too harsh, even though they are very smooth too. And I, let me rephrase that. In the flute world, I feel like the metal ones are too like bright sounding. I love the warm, smooth sound of a wooden flute more than I do um, a metal one. But the, yeah,
0: in this genre of music, the flute is actually used quite a bit. And it sounds really nice.
1: Yeah. I, I like how they incorporate that. It was crazy. When I was listening to this, I don't know, for some reason, I was just like picturing myself feeding a girl strawberries in a waterfall. I don't know why.
0: On <laughs> <laughs> barco de la Deriva? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? So the, only on the intro, though, and that's the one thing, and then it switched up into the the same style as all the other songs, and it just kind of lost me because it's like I, I thought the, the beginning was very interesting, and I wanted it to kind of branch out more into that territory as opposed to just a complete switch up to what, you know, they've done before or what he's done before.
0: Yeah, like I think um after the after hasta que vuelvas conmigo I like barco de la deriva um de qué depende is pretty good. I think Yo Te quiero is like I think that or Amor Aventurero is the worst one. Yeah. They're not bad obviously cuz like I don't this is obviously like I don't think any of the songs are bad but those like it's just it's like you're saying and i told the same opinion with those two songs where it's just like he didn't do enough to warrant them as songs if you know what i'm saying
1: yeah like this but i
0: still know i i still i really like this album even though there's a lot of other stuff in this genre that i like more yeah a lot more i must say um
1: i so here's and i i don't want to make this assumption but this is just what i can guess i i feel like And this is also the same with our culture, too, because, like, most popular songs that are played on the radio, most people aren't doing, like, critical analysis dive deeps into them. They just – if they like what the sound is, then they'll listen to it. And if it sounds like all the other ones, they're not going to care because they like that sound, right? So it's like they're not going to really just go deep into it. So – because, like, I can listen to this whole album in, like, a Mexican restaurant, right, or, like, in a club or wherever the fuck I am, and, like, it sounds nice, and, like, I won't be like, oh, the sound's the same. Like, I can just – you know, just branch like, out and enjoy the fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going it, to – It it's a good experience when you listen to it. But well, my question is – is, and I don't know if you've, like, talked to um, regular Spanish-speaking people. If they listen to this type of music the way that we do or if they just, like, they just like to throw it on and it's just their culture and they just enjoy listening to it without okay. really giving it much thought.
0: Well, I mean, this kind of music mostly comes from the Caribbean and a lot of the Hispanics – that are around us are not caribbean but they don't like
1: listening to Um, salsa
0: no i mean no they they do and they think it's cool but um no most of the hispanics that i know here um listen to bachata i don't know if you ever heard of that one
1: i feel like i have yeah
0: that's also in the caribbean but then it's it's also in central america and stuff like that um they also listen to you know our the irrelevant podcast favorite genre reggaeton I think that's the majority of what um, they would like to listen to. Yeah, our, honest, if I had to get
1: um, honestly, because like I have a also, lot of uh, Spanish friends on social media, and all they would do right. is post about Bad Bunny. So it's like any type of music that they post, yeah. it's always them. I and I guess he had an album that came out recently, so everybody's been posting about that one. I, you know, a lot a lot of the Hispanic friends I have, like they
0: would think that this is cool, um, but they they wouldn't necessarily go out of their way to to listen to listen to this like they would probably know who Mark Anthony is but at the same time they probably just stick to reggaeton it
1: sounds like or, if you ask them like oh like my dad listens to that but I like to listen to Bad Bunny you know what I mean like I feel like yeah more that's modern, probably contemporary is contemporary what it is Spanish music like reggaeton or just straight up rap or you know just yeah or just straight up pop artists
0: yeah just yeah like random Hispanic pop music yeah. or like you said rap and stuff like this because a lot of that there's a lot of Puerto Rican rappers I know Colombian rappers like J Balvin I know is pretty popular Sending yeah. a Bad Bunny.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, him and... Yeah, those two are the only, like, Latin pop stars that I've heard of
0: um, are there There's some more. Do you know... Well, Luis Fonsi. That's the guy who made fucking Despacito. Despacito. Yeah,
1: I've, yeah, I've heard him. Uh, only from that song, though.
0: Yeah, I don't even know any of the other fucking shit he made. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, is there anything... Oh, also, like, a lot of... um. The Mexicans, I know here, they listen to, like, local Mexican music, which is pretty good.
1: Well, that's cool that there's a big local scene. I was just curious, like, yeah. it doesn't seem like a genre people, like, listen to, and, like I said, just, like, I, and I that could be totally wrong, but I feel like the majority of people, like, they have to be out somewhere doing something to enjoy it or dance to it or just, you know, just have it at parties or just be, like, a cultural thing, but I don't know people actually I mean, I don't down. know
0: how... I don't know how other people feel, but I fucking love this kind of music when I'm in the car.
1: Mm. It is such good cruise music. It, yeah, it is. It's very good cruising music. I feel like if I was really in the mood, I would play it in the car more than anything.
0: Yeah, um, but I, I, I do see what you're saying because like truly great music, I feel, doesn't have to be like just tied specifically to one situation, you no, know, it does, not at all. because obviously, but obviously, you know, like, Truly great music is different than like the time and place kind of music because, you know, I fucking love reflection. I love tool. I think it's the like that's some of the greatest music I've ever heard in my life. But like, can you dance to that? I don't know. I mean, you could,
1: but. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. So like that type of music is specifically designed for you to sit there and zone out to or just sit there and focus on it like so, Yes
0: yes, but um at the same time, like you know that there's certain kinds of music that like they're designed specifically like for parties and stuff like that, and they only kind of fulfill in that aspect. Whereas like tool I think serves in like you can zone out to it, but you can also work out to it, you can also yeah. study to it. There's a tons of things you could do with tool. I think they're very versatile.
1: You know, I um, agree. That, and that's why I was curious yeah. about if people felt that way about Salsa music too. Because like when I listen, yeah, I like mean, I also like I'm not I'm really ignorant to most Hispanic culture besides just the people that live here and the little bits that I know from them talk about their parents or their experiences. But, um, you uncultured swine, (laughs) there's so many fucking people that are on this planet and they're all like, we live in a pretty diverse place. So it's like, you learn about so many different types of cultures. It's crazy.
0: No, I think in like Fairfax, there's like 80 different languages that are spoken. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Especially the closer you get to DC and especially in DC, how many languages you hear
0: oh yeah and i think like in new york you can find practically anything <laughs> oh yeah there's like a, any
1: there's even a community like any, you can go to different communities
0: oh yeah like any of the top 200 languages in the world like you could definitely find someone who speaks that yeah, which and, is very cool and that's and probably that, the coolest thing to me about new york because apart from that i think new york is fucking awful
1: yeah i i hated going to new york. honestly I i couldn't stand it i'm not a big city person anyway and New York is the worst offender if you don't like cities because, like, the people are fucking douchebaggy. Yeah,
0: they're douchebaggy. uh, It's so busy. It's just, like... I mean, obviously, the walking is pretty cool, but it is annoying knowing that, like, you can't drive anywhere and, like, you do have to walk everywhere at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and Um, it's a big culture shock because, like, I mean, I've worked in the service industry for a while, so, like, I'm used to people getting in my face and just acting ignorant or just people getting mad about dumb shit, but, like... It was such a fucking, like, when I went into the subway and had, like, these, like, groups of people just, like, screaming at you and you just walk in there, like, what the fuck is happening? Like, not even just directly. Like, it was just a weird, it was just a weird fucking culture shock. I just hated how, like, no wonder, you know, <laughs> no wonder people are fleeing these fucking cities because, I mean, obviously it's expensive to live there and it sucks ass, but just the people yeah, fucking blow no. dick. and I Dude, and I fucking hate yes, that they're yes. all going to move here. Like we're gonna have to fucking deal with these people here now, pretty soon, the next couple of years. I'm not looking forward to all oh, these no, yeah, Californians, ex- exactly. New Yorkers fucking moving here.
0: Yeah, because part of me is kind of like, well, you decided to move into the city a long time ago. That's your decision. You got to stay there, because like I don't want you coming here fucking up our shit. Yeah,
1: all you're doing is taking at the same time, and creating more homeless yes, people exactly. everywhere else. Like it's a oh, no, fucking yeah, it's virus. Annoying. They like destroy every place they live in. The bourgeoisie just then just escape but the city dwellers (laughs) anyways before that rant um
0: yeah i yeah. but the other the other i'm sorry the other cool thing about new york is like that's where a lot of this music kind of became popular after like all of the like puerto rican and dominican kind of um immigration and stuff like that and especially cuban immigration i can't wait to show you some some cuban music eventually
1: that'd be kind of interesting because
0: Yes, because salsa has a very specific thing about it where like, you know, you obviously know that salsa and obviously there is different variations with salsa um, nationally, like um, Puerto Rican salsa is like probably the most popular one. And that's the one everyone knows. And that's the one that everyone kind of thinks I would think of salsa. Right. And the second to that is is Colombian salsa. I actually kind of like Colombian salsa a little bit
1: better. Does, but just um, have more flair to it.
0: Yes, and there's a lot more minor keys. There's a lot more like atmosphere to it, and they kind of, I might, I might have to recommend it actually.
1: Um, I assume they probably would have more lead melodies too, like on the instruments, like the guitar.
0: I can't remember off the top of my head,
1: but um, there's this
0: really, really, fu- there's this really fucking good group called the Latin Brothers. They're just excellent. The Latin Brothers. Um, yeah, they're really fucking awesome um so maybe in the future i'll recommend some from them but then cuba it just it has this thing about it where like cuban music it's kind of like salsa it's kind of like um cumbia it's kind of like all these other different like like hispanic folk genres you hear all the time but it just has this thing about it where like you just you know it's cuban it's very hard to describe but um I do know for like one of the reasons is because they use this really interesting guitar where it has like 12 strings cuz like there's the two you know strings where where one string should be on a normal guitar.
1: I know what a 12 string is well. <laughs> no, but like what is that called? I don't know. What do you what is a 12? It's it's literally just called a 12 string guitar. You can make a 12 string guitar and of anything and then um simultaneously no, but you can do an eight string bass like... to the same kind of effect you just double the strings with a thinner gauge and then it gives it like a chorusy doubled effect
0: Wait, me... no but there's like, like the cuban one has like a specific like style to it let me it might be cuban. just tuned
1: to a specific tuning that's what it gives it that distinctive okay. style but yeah all the 12 string is is just the same note an octave higher or it might not be an octave higher whatever it is higher um just doubled on the string using it as a lighter gauge. But I know the like the high uh, B and E is basically just a double. It's the same gauge on that one. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um
1: Yeah.
0: But um yeah like they they kind of have it in, in Cuban music and it's just it's it's so interesting. I, it, it's very hard to describe, and their rhythms are kind of different.
1: Yeah, I'd actually be very curious to know. I, 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 I kind of like um, – I've been to Florida a couple of times, and all the Cuban people I talked to are pretty cool. Um, and I, I've seen, like, a bunch of images and videos about Cuban life and just the pictures and how everything is all retro because they haven't had new shit there for a while so... Yeah. I, I don't know if that's still true to this day since we lifted the embargo on them. So I don't know if, like, the free trade is helping no. them at all. But I know people are loving the cigars that are coming in. Fuck. Yeah.
0: What is it uh, about those cigars that are, like, different? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know anything about cigars. I assume it's just... There's a specific... Yeah. It's maybe the... Speci- it's like champagne, right? It's the specific way they make them people really enjoy. I don't know. Yeah, I assume. But they they look cool. Like, I... I don't know if you've ever walked past cigar shops, but it looks like a cool. I like. I mean, I'm not into it, but like, I wish I was, because like, it just looks like a cool atmosphere.
0: Cuba is also just fucking gorgeous. I would love to go to Havana.
1: Yeah, I do want to go to Cuba. Um, I've been to Puerto Rico, wasn't really a fan, so I feel like I would enjoy Cuba yeah, a lot more. That, but... Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, um, but yeah, but just basically, what I was saying is like, just they just have this inexplicable thing about their music that just, you could just, you, it's so Cuban and you could just tell it is. I
1: like Cubanos. You know? <laughs> Wait, you like what? Cuban sandwiches. Like what was Rubens. the name again? Cubano. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never
0: had one. but
1: Very good. Um, I also know that Cubans are, like, oddly really conservative. That's why Florida's always usually a really big red state, because most of the Cuban votes I mean, are red. yeah.
0: I mean I understand why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I I think I remember like Joe Biden put the same slogan or whatever for his campaign as Fidel Castro did. So all the Cubans knew, oh fuck, no, we can't vote for this guy. <laughs> really?
1: What was it? I
0: don't remember. It, it was something about like like um progreso, like progress or something and then like I think I I swear, like I'm pretty sure it was the exact same thing that Fidel Castro said and they were like fuck that. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm gonna look this up cause that's actually really fucking funny yeah oh uh, man um I don't know if I can do this on a quick little google search but I'm gonna have to look at that later cause I mean I I wouldn't I mean people borrow shit all the time I wouldn't surprise me just like fucking have you been following no I don't
0: I don't think like he was actually he had that in mind like I, I think he like he just paid some random fucking person and then just came up with some bullshit like who fucking knows I don't man. think that no, I don't the think there's a tie, but at the same time, I do understand that the Cubans are like, "Oh shit, that's a red flag. <laughs> we don't want that." Well, when you but, escape uh, anyway, one bad
1: government and you hear somebody that talks about having similar ideals, it kind of makes you nervous. So I don't blame them. Um,
0: yeah. Wait, you were going to say something else? I'm sorry.
1: Oh, what I was going to say was, it like with like people either inadvertently or blatantly. I'm going to say that wrong people either people not knowing that they're doing it or they are blatantly just ripping off something else. Have you been following the uh the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing?
0: Um loosely. I I, I saw the thing where she shit in his bed. I thought that was
1: hysterical. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most viral part of that whole fucking trial, but I mean pretty I Thought m- it was a meme initially. But No, it was it was fucking true. And like dude, I've been I've been watching <laughs> like almost all the videos and I'll tell you one thing. Regardless of she's innocent or if he's innocent, Amber Heard's lawyers are fucking awful. Holy God! Um, I was hearing that, dude. But like, what bad. is this
0: whole debacle even about originally? That's what I don't even understand.
1: So she basically, and they've—I don't know if they've had like multiple lawsuits in the past, but I know currently she wrote an article in the Washington Post. That basically, you know, was making all sorts of claims about abuse and all the shit that Johnny Depp allegedly did. So he's countersuing her for defamation. Or he, I don't know if he's countersuing or just straight up suing. I don't quite know legal shit. But okay. the reason why it's in Fairfax is because the Washington Post server is in um, Fairfax County somewhere, I think. So that's why they're here. Right. But what's crazy is that, like, it's like, my my brother-in-law is a lawyer, not a not the, the specific type of lawyer, but I was showing him videos of the fucking Amber Heard's lawyer like objecting to his own question for their own witness. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's awful, dude. And dude, their, their law office is in, is in uh, Roanoke. So I was on Google the other day just to see the reviews and it's like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of like one stars because everybody's just shitting on this dude. So his reputation is pretty fucked from this. Yeah so I mean from what it sounds like know, it sounds Johnny, like Johnny, Johnny Depp or no Amber Heard's lawyers
0: oh yeah isn't like I mean like is she the one in the wrong like according it to the like court it. that's what I, I don't understand
1: yeah. so I haven't really been following this so. what it sounds like and this is just me looking into it and you know showing the evidence that they played in court um, basically you know he has a drinking problem is a little bit of a drug problem and she's really fucking narcissistic so he's not entirely innocent, but she is way fucking worse. And she embellishes a lot of shit, even like their witnesses, like none of their stories are corroborating. And that's why her fucking case is sort of falling apart because their lawyers don't know what to do. They're making, they're trying to like chase these bullshit stories. And then they're asking really ridiculous questions to try to like fit the narrative of the story, but it's not working because none of the witnesses that they've interviewed corroborate the story and they've gone completely opposite. And, Um, he, my brother-in-law was telling me, you know, a really big rule as a lawyer, like you're not supposed to ask a question that you don't know what they're going to answer. So if you can think of an answer in your head, both ways, then you should ask the question. But if you're asking a question, expecting them to, you know, bank off of one answer and they go the opposite way, your shit kind of falls apart. And there's only so many ways you can force a narrative without people catching on to it. So She's feeding her lawyers a bunch of bullshit, and then they're trying to prove it in court, and it's just falling apart. So it's really funny to watch.
0: Yeah, like I'm—I mean, these kind of stories now, like I just kind of see them through memes and a bunch of these other kind of things. When I just see like a notification, like oh yeah, that's going on. Yeah, but I never really kind of follow these things anymore.
1: You know, I usually don't either. The only reason why it's entertaining to me is because I think like you know, this is shit that a lot of people have to go through. And this is the biggest thing for years is that, you know, believe all women or like, why would they have an incentive to lie? And I think it just goes to show how damaging this case is to people that actually go through this shit personally, because, you know, yeah. but again, like her shit's very transparent. So like you can make a clear distinction between her and another case. You literally just have to follow the facts and see what everything is on a case by case basis. But what I was going to say, like tying that into the Joe Biden slogan thing, Um, oh yeah that's what this was related to yeah when she gave her testimony like basically like (laughs) she went up on the fucking witness stand and was saying all this shit that Johnny Depp did to her she ripped off like lines from a movie verbatim like undeniably she like she took lines from a movie to fit what she was saying yes like she was like first of all she was like pulling some really heavy crocodile tears like she was visibly upset air quote the whole entire time and she was like fake crying but no tears were coming out and as soon as like uh, a lawyer would have oh an objection God. or like she had to stop talking she just went like stone cold face and then when she was talking again she went right back into the act like you could tell like she was doing a bit like it was really cringy but yeah she fucking Dude, you directly ripped make... off a line from a movie it was so funny do you know what movie it was from uh i don't but this one was just recently so i know i can look this up and i think it's been fact checked i i first saw it i thought it was like people trying to start shit to just get famous off of this case so but i think i hope i'm right i think it's been fact checked that she actually did take this from a movie um but dude like you should watch like the like a compilation of like the best moments you'll fucking laugh your ass off and the fact that this is like even the judge is like fuck <laughs> oh no i saw like it was like a youtube short or something it's just like...
0: Like, it was just literally Johnny Depp going, yes, that is a lot of marijuana (laughs) or some random bullshit. Mm. Like, just out of context and shit. And then there was the other one was like, there was human fecal matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, how else do you say that in a courtroom? Like, oh, my girlfriend shit in my bed. (laughs) Yeah. Um... What would you do if your girlfriend shit in your bed?
1: Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea. I've been, I'm saying that because (laughs) there's been situations where the people that I've dealt with, they've done shit that I just stand back and I just like, I don't know how to handle this. (laughs) Like I'm not good. Is it that level? Like, has it been that level? No, it's not been that level. I mean, it's been some bullshit, but it's not been that fucking crazy. My point is just like, I'm not good at handling problems like that. Like I I know I can't get super mad to the point where I'm going to have to go to jail Mm -hmm. But I also don't know, because like my my brain is like I want to fix the so I want to find a solution. I want to fix the problem. I don't want to do something to make this situation worse. And there's some things where it's just like fucking Same. throw my arms up. I don't know what to do, and I'll just ride it out, and then hopefully something better comes. I just I if someone shit in my like as a joke, I could probably take it and just be like, what the fuck, and I I could deal with that. But like if someone just did it to get under my skin just as like a personal fuck you, like I. I I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would be like really angry. I don't know if I'd find it funny. I don't know if I'd be upset. Like it's a, I would just be really taken aback.
0: Well, Will thinks that Jason would be a simp and would just be like, it's okay.
1: Fuck no, dude. <laughs> I Dude, I've, no, I've started no. arguments for far less. <laughs> uh, actually, what kind of let like me rephrase things, that. Though? I haven't started arguments. I have fucking like have gotten into it with people because of stuff like that. Just, like, just every time I think there's a double standard in something, I'll just be like, what the fuck? Why does this have to happen this way? So that's kind of Oh, you'll thing. just, like,
0: you'll just say some shit, like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. You, or I'll not, like, like or I won't say anything. Like, there's sometimes times where, like, I'm just too tired. I don't want to deal with the bullshit. And I'll just, like, brush it off and just leave it to be an awkward moment of me not doing anything about it and then being, like, building up and getting mad about it later. So it's kind of stupid, yeah. but it's just what my personality's like. <laughs> but no, I... I just, fuck, man, this is so dumb. I don't know what I would do. Um,
0: Yeah, like, would you describe yourself as, like, a confrontational person?
1: No, not by nature. I mean, if it has to, like, if I had, like I said, I'd rather be diplomatic and find solutions to things. It's, But it's different if people, like, go out of their way to make me mad or, like, they purposely know something that gets under my skin. But, no, I don't go out to start problems, and I don't like arguing. I really fucking don't. When I'm mad, I'm, like, I'm mad about a specific thing. I don't just want to break – I don't just want to, like, bring something up to hurt somebody. Like, I'm just – I'm mad about one thing, and usually I don't start shit. Like, most – I can think most of the times in my life, most arguments that I've ever been to, either, like, with my parents or with people I've dated, it's been, like, them getting mad at me for something and then, like, getting into an argument and then me bringing that stuff up in an argument. So it's, like, usually it's been, like, from something unrelated
0: yeah, it's easy to, like, escalate and shit. Yeah. And it's not always, you know, it's not good. Especially, like, with, with my parents. Because, like, um, when they, like, and it's, like, a lot of parents, you know, like, when they get on you about, like, not doing certain shit. And you want to be, like, look, I could be doing drugs or doing all this bunch of shit. And it's, like, all right, I didn't put up a cup. That's <laughs> Right. <laughs> And like, no, n- now I, that stuff doesn't, I don't get mad about that anymore, but like that's how I was. And that's how like a lot of people can be. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: It's easy to do that with your parents. Cause like, I was kind of the same way. Like I never got kicked out of school. I never really did drugs. wasn't a drinker really at all. And if I did, it yeah, was just like... like, I, my problem was like, yeah, I, I like my parent, like my parents are interesting. They raised, like I, like I was saying before, they raised me with a lot of moderation, but then they also like, they're very like strict about a bunch of other stuff that you wouldn't expect them to. And it was kind of difficult to navigate. And a lot of times they forced me to do stuff I didn't want to do. And so most of my arguments with my parents are me like lying to get out of it. And then them catching me in the lie. <laughs> yeah, that's been the oh, majority of my dude. life. But it's, it's good now because my, you know, the fact that I'm, you know, I've been living on my own. So Every time I've seen yeah. my parents, it's been pleasant. And I visit them a lot and I, I talk that's to nice. them pretty frequently. So, like, I don't just, like, you know, call my dad if I have a problem to solve. Like, I'll, I'll talk to him or give him updates. So, I, you know, I have a great relationship with my yeah, parents. That's very good. Yeah. So,
0: that's good. So do I. And it kind that's of a gotten, very since nice I, thing to have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Since I've moved out of my house, you know, I haven't really had any problems with them. It's, they haven't gotten on my case really about anything since I've moved out. So I think it was just because I think when you're, when you're around people all the time, shit just builds up and you just need to take time apart and then you grow individually and then you can come back stronger. So, but I've never yeah, had like too many problems with people in general, like especially at work. I don't really have right. any problems. I haven't had too many problems with the people that I've dated, um, except for one. But, you know, that's how many girls have you dated? <sighs> Fuck, man, I got to really rack my brain oh shit
0: it's a lot (laughs) no it's
1: not a lot it's just i'm trying to give an accurate number so it's been over a long time so i'm just trying to think of it's been Mm -hmm. like around five or less than five around there it's i know it's less than 10 um but no but i like actually most of my either like most of the reasons why my relationships didn't work out was honestly Sometimes it was really bad timing, so a lot of it was like moving to a different school or getting a better job. But there's been some relationships I've had where their biggest complaint was that I didn't care enough. So it's like I wasn't starting arguments. I was just more apathetic, and that was kind of the reason for the tension. So I'm really the yeah, opposite.
0: Being apath- yeah, being apathetic can be really bad. Um, they say yeah. that in like in one of the Metallica songs.
1: Yeah, it's not a good way to be all the time. I th- I think apathy is good for if you're a person where you get, you know, you overreact to a bunch of shit. So like, there's just some things in this life you just don't need to care about, but I I think you can take it too far. And that's kind of what I'm trying to undo is just, you know, being a little bit more partial and, you know, in the present with people and places and things. And I think I'm getting better at it, but yeah, that was more like my, yeah, my problem wasn't being toxic and starting fights and getting mad. My problem was just not caring enough.
0: Yeah. Cause like apathy, um, it's good to learn it, cause it's like good, obviously, in like the right amounts. Because like, like you said, there's a lot of shit that like you just don't need to worry about. Yeah. And it's it can be good to, um, project it outwardly in some situations, you know. Um, I just but, think like you, you need said, to be no, honest they're...
1: about it. Like, if you have a problem, you're going. For yeah, it. You you, exactly. Be, you gotta realize. You gotta, you know, the first stage of acceptance. You gotta fucking get there, and then you can work on it. You can't live in denial. Because like it's one thing. Oh no, where it's no. Like if That's one...
0: no, but that's um, that's not like really what I'm referring to. That oh. no, you're 100 percent right. I'm just talking about like you see someone on the street doing some stupid shit that pisses you off. Just ignore them. Oh you yeah, know? yeah yeah yeah. That shit you really <laughs> that's need to be like kind of because you can lose yeah, your life. Like there's yeah. a
1: there's a very divine power oh, yeah, to minding exactly. your own fucking business, and it can cost you exactly, your life or yeah. your job.
0: Oh exactly. You just stay like, out of it. I know. A lot of people don't know how to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it just takes a lot more self-discipline. But again, I think more of that is just the people that do that just feel really entitled or, like, they just have a, such a short fuse is that the most minor of inconveniences will fucking ruin their, you know, year. But...
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah, I saw this meme where it was, like... It was, like, the Chad and the Virgin. And the Chad, it was, um it was Yeah, sure it was journalists in the 1950s and it said uh, the mafia might kill me but I'm gonna pursue the story anyways and remain in Little Italy and it was like journalists now and it was like the, the virgin and had like pink hair or some shit and it was like someone made fun of my hair so now I need to go on like a two week vacation <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, and it's like, yeah, walk. no,
0: that's well, that's the shit we're talking about, like you said, but, like, the the mind, like the smallest inconvenience. Like My it, life's over, man. The world's over. It's it fuck. just
1: fucking ends up killing you more. So You really just, like I said, that stuff, you need to be apathetic about it. Oh, also, as a callback, and I don't want to go back into it, but I think the, when I was saying the Amber Heard thing, I just looked it up. I, I, I think it was fact-checking. She didn't, like, verbatim copy it. She just kind of had a similar conclusion at most, but it ended up being fake, man. so... I retract that statement, but I mean, it's pretty in character for the rest of the stuff that she was definitely putting on an act and it felt like she was reading a script. But anyways, going back to what we're talking about now, um, I don't know. I, it's just all learning. And that's what I'm saying about like, when you, like you have to go through stuff like that. Like you have to go through the learning experiences of, you know, meeting the people that you know where your boundaries at and you just know what you like and don't like, and also learning about the parts of yourself that you need to improve. Because I remember back when I was yeah, thinking about Yeah, I, I it, needed to do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was first. I'm guilty of that. Back when people first told me that, you know, I need to care more. it's just like, like, I felt like I was doing enough. So I was like, oh, whatever. That's just that. And then you know, when multiple Wait, people told you you needed to do what more, like care more. Like I was saying before, I was like too apathetic uh, to shit. Oh yeah, yeah. So like yeah, I yeah, just like yeah, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, I guess our personalities didn't mix. I'll find somebody that you know because like, I look at other relationships and I was like, well that dude cares way less than I do, and I have good intentions. So it's like there's gotta be someone out there that likes me for me. And then you know when multiple people tell you that, you're like okay, you kind of have to do a little uh little uh, <laughs> fucking nice guy little diagnostic check here.
0: You ain't um, getting no push if you're a nice guy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I, like I said, you nice you have guys, to, you have to finish go. last. <laughs> it depends on what happening. I'm sorry, nice I guy. just
0: had to go on like a red pill, just like tangent.
1: <laughs> Your red oh, pill journey God. stops when you date somebody. I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's yet to happen to me. I mean, for me, it stopped when I just stopped watching the videos because I realized like I don't really need to watch this anymore because I'd rather just you know do this podcast or read books or go to the gym or do actual daily activities
1: as you opposed know. to sitting there and just. <laughs> and taking information that you're not going to do anything with.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good start. Like, obviously there's nothing wrong with like looking at this, but it's like, there's eventually a point where you need to stop watching it because it's like, I mean, it's like motivational videos, like motivational videos can be fucking awesome. Like you can get a lot of good stuff out of that. If you watch that shit right before you like do a workout or you just had some shit you didn't want to do. And you're like, you know, I need to do it. Let me just watch this motivational video. That shit works, man. But like, don't, sit down at like 10 PM watching like a motivation video of someone telling you to like, just do it. It's like, that's not the time and place, nor is it like the, the right amount. It's not, that's not the purpose of those videos. Yeah. It's, it's wasting your life because you can just actually do what those people are telling you to do, which is, which would literally be to not use your phone and watch YouTube videos late at night. Yeah. Um, you know, I, cause
1: that's, that's what those people advocate against. <laughs> I think this is my main problem with this type of content and it goes into motivation is that, and this is just me personally. And like, there's a lot of, like, I, I can't just sit there and listen to somebody talk and I, and feel motivated. I feel like they have to be, it has to be very creative word player, something that really relates to me. But for me, well, what yeah, that, motivates me why, the most is, um, um sorry. I, I'm trying to, so the thing that motivates me the most is, god fuck I'm off my rocker today let me try this for a third time the thing that motivates me the most is results so I feel like I either have to provide my own results or like I look at people's accomplishments and that's motivating to me and then I can listen to what they have to say but like some fucker like behind a camera saying you can do this like you know like I feel like it's just it's a mile wide and an inch deep like the words are hollow oh
0: yes like Joe Rogan has talked about this shit about how like he and I, I too and you probably do too how like We cannot fucking stand, like, toxic positivity and, like, toxic, like, like, you know, you can do it. Be, like, be a badass. Do this. You can do anything. It's like, ah, it's completely, like, just, it's so intrinsically, like, it's insidious. And, like, you do know what I mean by that,
1: right? Yeah, I do, because it it just, it puts this arbitrary system in the people's heads that, like, no matter what you do and how you think about it, you have to have a positive outcome or, you know, like the fact that you didn't achieve something was because your mindset, which, you know, as a double-edged sword is objectively a hundred percent true. But if you don't understand the reason why you're getting fed this fucking positive nonsense, because you just like, like people aren't doing it because they want you to succeed. They're doing it because it's just easy to say and it sounds good and it's really sellable. So that's why they're saying it. Like they could give a fuck
0: because you, exactly like those people get something from nothing and who doesn't want that yeah. everyone wants something yeah it's i, I can but, sit um, here on
1: camera and be very fucking motivational and people can get something from it but then if they don't reach their goal that positive mindset only goes so fucking far so it's like you can't just make up an arbitrary happy system and then expect people to just follow it without any results or any specific ways to do things because your mindset yeah, only takes you so exactly, far like yeah. uh, like it, everything is a mind, let me be really clear here. Everything is a mind game. So yes, technically if you have a different mindset and you change your outlook on things, you will achieve pretty much whatever you want in life. However, that's not the only fucking variable. Like you have to do other shit with that. So the fact like just changing to a positive mindset is not innately going to get you success. And the fact no, that yeah, like people b- say that is just thing. fucking stupid.
0: Exactly. Cause like it's, it's, it's insidious because it twists this thing that is so awesome which is inspiration like inspiration is like one of the coolest fucking things to be to experience as like a human being yeah and feel that like oh like just that awe and wonder and that desire to just to, to make something and like put yourself out it's such a cool feeling yeah um but it's like it takes that and it just replaces it with like you know just just have a positive attitude, and it's like yes, there's truth. There's truth to that, but at the same time, like, just having a positive attitude can't always, you know, fix that problem you're having with your girlfriend, or it can't just, it can't fix that problem you're having with your dad and all this shit. It's like, because it implies that like you can just leave these things alone and shit. Just, just have a positive attitude. Yeah, like yeah, and that, you know, and I think it's and, and,
1: a, it's really vague too, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it teaches repression, like you are not showing how to deal with a problem you're just showing how to force yourself to be okay with fixing it so like acceptance is a stage you know it is a thing you have to go through but i think you really can just chalk this whole entire discussion down to you know when it comes to motivation and inspiration it's more of a game of show me instead of telling me kind of thing
0: oh yeah no it's just and also simple. just You know, and you you obviously get addicted to it, and like you obviously just want to stay in the phase of just watching motivational videos,
1: which we we already mentioned. And Um, also, it's very condescending, too. Like, especially like when people are having a problem, and like people just like force this positive like mindset shit on them. Like, it just it's very erasing.
0: Yeah, because like okay, let's look at it this way. Like, if someone asked me, they're like, "I am depressed. I see that you're happy." How do, you, how, do you, how do you get to like where you are? And I would just be completely fucking honest with them. I wouldn't be like, you know, you can fucking do it. I mean, like that would come maybe later on the line in certain situations. Like, let's say I started taking this person to the gym yeah. and I can see that he's getting stronger and he's about to live. That's when I would do like, the, come on, you, you got to fucking do it like that. But I wouldn't just hammer it into his head initially. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, but like, like you said, a lot of this stuff, it just isn't warranted.
1: No, because,
0: <laughs> uh, No, and I am obviously guilty of this because, I mean, this is my show. I can talk about whatever the fuck I want. Um, and I do understand I am still a 19-year-old kid. And I say kid because I wouldn't consider myself an adult. Um, and I, yeah, it's like I understand like my mind is not as developed as someone's mind at 28, 36, 40. Like it's completely different. Um. And I, I can sound sometimes like a guy who thinks he knows about everything, and I I don't like to to sound like that. Um, but sometimes I can't help it, just because I feel like I have just like, I mean, obviously, like I just I had that experience with moving that just completely just altered my consciousness essentially, and I've just had a bunch of these things that have just like, I was like, whoa, this was just eye opening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um.
1: And I think it's and a I, good thing to have because I, I know what you're talking about. I I kind of sometimes fall into that category. I, I kind of smooth out the edges as I get older. But I think you need that kind of thing because, for me, it's all about intention. Like, I know, like, when I – obviously, I've, I've talked to you for quite a bit now, especially doing these little entries. So, like, even if we disagree on something or – you know, I feel like, you know, I think you're going to change your mind when you go. Even, I'm not that much fucking older than you in general, but, you know, like, there's some things where I think, oh, I think he'll right. change his mind as the years go on. But I think you need to have that there. Like, you need to have me saying my opinion and then you saying your opinion and then someone listening to that and then figuring out which one works better for them because we are individuals yeah. as, at the end of the day. So I think it's all about yeah, intention. Like, no, you're not that, trying to be condescending also, and you're not sorry. trying to be like, you're not trying to talk down to people. It's just you're giving your experience and your take on things. So, I think if you yeah, go from that guy it's fine.
0: Like, yeah, I'm just trying to be 100% honest. Yeah. And and I feel like when I'm not, I just feel like I'm not myself. I'm not happy and I like I don't I never want to say something that I don't sincerely believe in. Yeah. But, and that's why I I still, I mean like if you ask me, like I don't necessarily bring it up and I'm trying to convert you all the time, but like if you ask me something obviously about like the doctrine of the church or anything like that, I'll gladly answer
1: it. Um
0: because I sincerely believe that, all, that uh, all that's true, and that's why I defend it,
1: you know? And that's better than people just talking out of their ass or saying things they don't believe or they're just pandering. So, I mean, it's better to be that way. I just think, like I said, it's all about your intention, and, and it's what, I mean, obviously how you come across is a big thing too, but like I said, it, you true. really just yeah. have to just be in the right, like you have, to, you have to come from the right disposition, and I think you're fine because you can have a disagreement and be fine. It, it, it has Nothing is a fucking fight. Or you you know come off as douchey about it, but um, I think going back to what you said, if if someone were to ask me that question, like I'm depressed, what do I do? I've had that conversations with people. Like I've you know I've had conversations with people like on the verge of killing themselves. So I usually right. always tell them like find your outlet. You know just take some time to discover what you really like to do because once you change your mindset, there's a difference between oh I have to force myself to think good and feel good versus I want to do something I actually want to do. Because if you don't have that, that forced positivity eventually is going to get old and you're going to divert back into your old habits. If you don't have something that replaces that, you have to find what you're good at. You have to find what you love to do because you can't, you can only force yourself to be good for so long until you actually enjoy doing something.
0: No. And you can also force yourself to be happy for so long before you realize like, okay, Maybe I'm not. And maybe like forcing myself to be happy and be in a good mood all the time, even though like if some shit happened, like like that's not good because yeah. that's the whole thing about happiness versus sadness, good versus evil, X and Y, fire and ice, all this like all these kind of just like a like yin and yang, that's a good example of all these like these this like duality and these kind of conflicting ideas and and the one side of the spectrum as opposed, as opposed to the other the only reason we can distinguish one from the other is their existence together obviously because happiness can't exist by itself because happiness is well actually no I'll, I'll put it this way sadness is obviously it's just it's a lack of happiness you know um and like you you wouldn't know what sadness is if you didn't know what happiness is and that's why i'm like, I've talked about this before. You can't know what true peace is unless you suffer because when you have that suffer, you can truly see the difference of, like, what the opposite side of the spectrum is. That's why two opposites of the spectrum are closer to each other than um, being in the middle and being indifferent. That's why love and hate are closer to each other than indifference, you know, and apathy.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, obviously, that duality is a pretty, you know, well-known thing topic of discussion and it is important to go through both and not be bored in life and i think we've touched on this before didn't we on duality
0: yeah um yeah but yeah but it is yeah, like,
1: very important and i think also not only it being important just you have to understand why stuff is there and you have to just find the best way to respond to it because i think the hardest thing for people i think why a lot of the people just revert to their vices or their addictions or just falling back into their mental health. Even if they're on medication is like the, like taking responsibility and acceptance is very difficult to do. And I think that's the first thing that people always just shy away from. So like, I never really truly fixed my mistakes and my problems, you know, until I took responsibility. It's it's, there's just no no way around it.
0: No, but it's it's simple things like that, like you're saying, where like they're just they're literally superpowers. Yeah. Like these small like these people think discipline has to be like, oh I need to run like three miles every day. It's like, no, that's not what it is. Stop watching those fucking motivational videos. That's what that's telling you, that's not what it is. Yeah. It's it's literally just what can I do now that would benefit me in the long run and I'm gonna feel better afterwards and I can go back and do the fucking dopamine shit. It's, it's basically like, oh I need to take out the trash, but I'm playing video games. I could wait and then feel really bad playing the video games and just have that thing waning over me, or I could just do it now, have it done, and it's done. I feel good. I can play video games without feeling guilty. And it's such a it's such a simple thing and you hear your parents tell you it, you hear your teachers tell you it, you hear your coaches tell you it's it's but it's true. And like I hate to sound like the guy who's just reinforcing stuff you've already heard, but it's like it couldn't be more true and like there's a reason that these lessons are taught, obviously. You know?
1: I just think there just needs to be a change in delivery because I mean, if you think about it, all of these premises are super simple. They're just very hard to do in practice. And um, I, fuck dude, I am losing my train of thought as the second goes by. I had really profound things I wanted to say and it all just slipped out of my head. I
0: actually do too, if you want to let me go.
1: Go ahead, man. I'll think about it when you're done.
0: No, I mean, I think life as a whole is very simple. Obviously, because like, obviously like this is another duality, which is complexity and simplicity. You only know it's simple because of what is complex and what is complex. You only know because what is simple and like, you know that like something is complex, but at the same time, it at its bare bones, it's still very simple. And something is like, if something is simple, you can still explain how it is simple on a complex level. Kind of just like what I'm doing right now, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you can just boil down and this is one of the the proofs of the existence of God, actually how, you know, you can say like, Oh, well, you know, it's like you go all the way back to like, like, well, here's like the tree. Where does the tree come from? It comes from the seed and the seed combines with the soil, but it's like, where does the seed come from? Where does the soil come from? And it's like all these different things. And like, it goes all the way back. And it's like, where does that come from? Like, like that's why we are all bound together by this reality like you know like if i touch you you feel that obviously if you know you have all five of your senses and if you know if someone touches me i feel that too and like we both have that correspondence we can we can look at each other and nod which means affirmative yeah. and like we just we we can agree on these things and that's why we're because we're all bound by this reality there is this ultimate like first cause and and like supreme being and like first creator you know and this all this this creator that like binds all of this together and you could see this idea a lot in certain literature that you wouldn't realize like in star wars that's what the force is essentially because the force is you know it's like how obi-wan describes it's it's an energy field created by all living things it binds the galaxy together and obviously han solo he's like oh i don't believe in all that like witchcraft religion bullshit but then eventually like as he like develops he realizes like oh this actually is kind of this is real and shit and, it, and it's, it was cool to see his like character progress like that um but like he it was very much like he's like I've been from one side of the galaxy to the other there's I, I, come on like there's if you seriously think there's like a whole thing that's connecting everything and Luke's just like yep, I do <laughs>
1: Yeah, and inquisitively, I think it takes, I mean, you have to have some sort of spiritual understanding, whether you relate that to, like they said, like, just the thought of creation and being on that same wavelength with people, or if you just think it's an elevated form of consciousness that so you have to just get that, you know, that understanding from nothing, if that makes sense. So it's like you can just be happy in the present. And you can understand, or it's not just over analyzing and having like so much critical thinking to the point where you just like freak yourself
0: out. I didn't mean to go full circle and make that
1: point again, but
0: Uh, I love that song. I love Tool. I love so many things, dude. I'm really fucking happy right now. Uh,
1: You feeling elevated? You feeling you're in another plane of dimension?
0: Yeah, no, it's because, like, I feel – because you know how, like, certain people get their energy from, like, different things and stuff like that? I get a lot of my energy from just having, like, a legitimate – just sit down and talk to someone, you know? I don't necessarily get my energy from, like, just the mundane conversation that's from every day. But, like, when I can just sit down and talk to you like this, it's just so it, – it, it's just – it's – it's I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's euphoria. It's such, like – And and this is something that... Did I ever tell you about metaphysics?
1: I know what they are, but I don't think we've talked about it.
0: Okay. So my senior year of high school, I took a metaphysics class. And that was the best class. It was the most eye-opening class. It was the most mind-bending class I had ever taken in my life. So basically, metaphysics is the study of being and not being and it, and it basically goes it, and it defines what it is to be and like there's three different types of being there's essay which comes from latin which just means to be which is the action of being and then there is um i think it's ends which which is in latin it translates to like and that's the thing. It, it can be difficult to translate these these languages. But that is kind of like, I believe, like, fuck, I forgot about that. But then, then the third one is entity. And that's obviously like an entity is like a being itself, you know. And how there's like those three different kinds of beings. And how um, God, when he says to Moses, I am who am, what he's basically saying is like, i like my essence is being like my essence is essence and like there's no other way to describe it and that's the thing because the word to be it doesn't have any um syllables that go below it you know because you can go you can have a syllable for like like give me any word give me like a random verb a random
1: verb yeah just tell me a random verb oh man there's so many provocative ones to choose from where should i start (laughs) right but but try to
0: think of like a complicated one i guess
1: gerrymandering um no (laughs) fine skiing um skiing um
0: yeah okay so skiing you can deduce that to like i don't know you could say moving (laughs) you know or another example would be energy yes exactly or another a good example would be dictate Because dictate means you could put that down to, um, I guess, say, you know, and it's like, there's nothing below say. And it's like, but at the same time, like all of these words go back to the word to be. Right. And you could see the word to be in like every single word, essentially. And there's nothing below to be. And also the way that like the class would describe, um, like these really fucking abstract philosophical concepts like change and like your actual essence and how it was so fucking fascinating how you are constantly changing and you are technically ne- like you are not the same person that you were five seconds ago. If you know what I'm saying,
1: especially while we're doing this medium too, when you're like if you're actively engaging and learning a new thing or thinking about a new philosophy. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly, because, like, the Jason that was five seconds ago is not the J- same Jason that is now. I'm still just I as dumb just...
1: but more enlightened.
0: <laughs> right. And you just had the fucking Will explain to you some, some bullshit. Um, but it, it was really just fucking, like, what the hell? Like, I had never had a class like it. I had I don't think I ever will have a class like it again. Yeah. Yeah, meta, um, metaphys- oh, and
1: <laughs> metaphysics is interesting, and it has a very similar concept to, the, to the, basically just the the philosophy of being, and they kind of develop like, if you want to talk about, like, esoteric Gnosticism, it kind of just devolves into energy and vibration, like, everything has a vibration, that's why, you know, people always say, oh, your thoughts have consciousness, right, because your brain's emitting a signal, and that lands somewhere on the frequency spectrum, right, so... There's a theory where, like, if you die, your energy um, can transfer over. And then, like, that's why, like, some people, like, when they believe in reincarnation, your energy just, you know, transforms into another form of consciousness. Or you can just, you know, you basically perceive time and space more abstract as opposed to linear if you kind of have an elevated vibration or consciousness. So I think in terms of philosophy, it's a very kind of similar perspective. Like, you really can do it, have a better understanding of the self or a better understanding of your subconscious when you kind of look within and there's actually a guy kind of tying this in. I, this kind of gets really pseudo, but have you ever heard of uh, epigenetics?
0: Um, no. So this this
1: guy, he is an actual licensed doctor, and I, I don't r- quite remember what he does, but his research has not really um, been – it's not been pretty much backed up by mainstream science or anything like that. But he basically was like the premise that we're a slave to our genetics is not right. We've just been fed the wrong program, so – He's under the belief that, like, you know, you have power over your genes and you can pretty much just, like, write sort of your code to fix some of the illnesses illnesses and the diseases. So it can kind of get dicey because, like, you know, his whole point is, like, to the people that get cancer or, like, really bad autoimmune diseases. So it's, like, it's hard to get past that mentality of, oh, I'm a victim, but then you can't tell them, oh, I'm the one that actually did this to myself. You know what I mean? so it kind of gets dicey, okay. but it kind of goes into that same sort of premise where you have a lot more autonomy over your life than you realize. And, you know, whether that actually goes as far as to creep into your own biology, that's a whole different story. But the cool thing about metaphysics is like, it's, it's a really like self-reflective, like it, it like it really makes you question yourself. And I think you become a better person when you look within and have those discussions with you. And I, I find that topic interesting too, how it relates to everything. But like, that's why, like, spirituality and religion is very interesting because if you actually look between, like, what different religions are saying, they have very, very similar presences. Or, um I'm sorry, very oh, yeah, similar Yeah, no, it, it ideas all alludes to something.
0: Yeah, but no, they... Yeah, exactly. When it comes to, like, um, pure
1: Gnosticism, it's pretty much the same, whether it's, you know, the soul, the energy of consciousness. Like, it, it pretty much has the same sort of innuendo, I would say.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so metaphysics is also the study of what is one true good and beautiful yeah and defining those four terms and stuff like that um but um yeah it was mainly that one we had about change but also there was this one we, we, we talked about like what is beautiful and I, I I don't remember if they brought up the Fibonacci sequence but they might have I just got reminded of that because I was listening to Lateralis today
1: the sacred geometry um, bro
0: yeah, no, and how because speaking of
1: before I mean, you get if, into that point, did you ever watch the interview where Maynard was talking about how like ridiculous it was that people attributed the Fibonacci number sequence or like he kind of felt like it was he caught it like it was sophomeric for him to force those numbers into a song because it because like be, like that's what and if you're going to tie that into what we like this. You know, perceive as beauty like that type of symmetry. We just naturally gravitate towards like the things that are usually like really well liked and perceived, or the stuff that we just innately you know gravitate towards. It has that you know some sort of symmetry, whether it follows the Fibonacci or whatever fucking geometrical pattern.
0: Yeah, it's just because like we have these things just kind of in our in our brains like that is just aesthetically pleasing, or just like that just makes sense. Yeah, you know, but it's like a lot of modern art doesn't fulfill that so that's why like we we look at that and we're like that's stupid yeah. <laughs> like,
1: but I, you know, I didn't want to I, divide you from that topic but I, i'm really curious to sure, hear like what the, sure. the concept of beauty is because i don't i don't even think i know in terms of metaphysics yeah, so basically like metaphysics what is like
0: beauty is basically it consists of symmetry okay so um and like it's not in not all circumstances but i'm pretty sure it also is like its resemblance to reality. Cause like you and, and I'm not that doesn't mean it necessarily needs to look photorealistic, like an, like a picture, to look beautiful. Like a painting doesn't need to look photorealistic. It can be stylized, but it still has to have that sort of thing in it that alludes to something else. Like that loot that alludes to something that's real. Obviously, you know, because we can look at a painting of a human. It doesn't matter how stylized it is. We can still look at that and go, "Yeah, that's a human, and yeah. that is something that I know, and that's something that's real." And that's another thing we talk about that is that it, that's uh, it's coming to me. We talked about how it, it was, yeah, it was ideas. We talked about ideas and how our thing, like our ideas, real because we can think of them. It's like are unicorns real because we can think of them in our head. Like we like think of a unicorn, you have the image in your head right now. Does that mean it's real?
1: <laughs> I remember having that discussion in philosophy. My professor used that exact analogy. Like, are unicorns real? Do they exist? Or the fact that you think about them does that give them consciousness? Like, I, I remember having that talk and people debated back and forth. That's why I hated taking philosophy because I felt like you you mean no,
0: if that's very on the nose. That's I that style I probably wouldn't like. Um. Like the way you yeah like you were just like talking about your like how your teacher said it. That sounds a little bit annoying. Um but also that the ideas thing and how like you can have an idea of like a unicorn coming down the street. Let's say the unicorn is white. But what if I told you the white is coming down the street? It's like you that doesn't make sense, you know, and that brings back to like the three states of being, you know? And also, do you know what accents and substance is? refresh me so substance is like essential to an to like an entity like it it is required to complete the purpose and like the, the like that thing obviously um accidents are things that are not required to complete the thing but are just kind of like extra features like for example like the way your hair looks. Like, your hair is not um, part of your human substance, but it is a human accident.
1: I see. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Makes sense me
0: There's just so much cool shit. I would love to just go back and see it, like, again.
1: I think when it comes yeah. to the concept of beauty, though, so it's like, I, I, to me, like, the beauty in that kind of symmetry is the fact that, like, it, it occurs in nature, so it's like, that is a part of the intelligent design, whether it be random or by a creator, right? It's so, like, that is the beauty of symmetry, but also it is a little bit subjective too because like, obviously like the majority of people can gravitate. It's like, you don't know why you like something or like, because if you have perfect symmetry, sometimes it looks weird. Especially like within human faces, like you never see like those recreated human yeah. faces that are perfectly symmetrical and they look like aliens. Like that's not like symmetry is not everything when beauty, especially like there are people who do find beauty in like that ugly shit or like with modern art or whatever. Right. So like, I don't think symmetry is the end all be all for beauty, but I think in terms of you looking it's at an something important
0: factor though, well,
1: it's only because like our brain um, is really good at recognizing patterns. So it's like, if it has a really like consistent pattern, that's what we like so in terms of art and music having that sort of pattern everybody has a different pattern that they like but you know it's for the most part like I I like symmetrical things I like geometry I think it looks cool and in terms of music it really fits but it's not like there is some like weird looking shit that isn't symmetrical that I do enjoy or if it's just I think it's like I, I enjoy looking at it because it's funny not because I naturally think it's like beautiful to look at or the fact that I'm enjoying a moment by looking at it. That in itself is beauty. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it, just, it goes deeper than just symmetry.
0: Uh, no, yeah, you're you're right. Um, what? Yeah, because it's it's like symmetry, it's connection to reality, and like I I don't think it was this, but it might have been color or something. Like I, I I that probably wasn't it. Yeah, there's but so many there was factors. a third thing. There was a third also thing. Smell a, too a it was a big one. Yeah. No, but one of the other transcendentals, which was those four things I said, which is one true, good and beautiful. What is good was also really interesting because it was talking about how like there's different kinds of good and there's different ways that different things are good. Because, you know, there's a difference between the good in eating a piece. I'm sorry. in like eating a piece of pie and it tastes good. That's good. But it's not the good in the same way as like winning a race and winning a race the good from winning a race is not the same good as like visiting your grandmother and stuff like that. You know, I
1: I think it just depends on what you're talking about. So it's like, if you like run races all the time, you get normal. Then like, if you normally don't eat a whole pie and then you like are able to eat a whole pie, like that good would be greater than the guy that wins races all the time. It just depends on what you're talking about. But well, it's also like culturally like- is also, there's different interpretations of good. Like it's just because like you're of this culture that you, we have a specific set of rules that, I mean, arguably, they're very. The line is blurred, especially within the legal system. But for the most part, people at least have a very set, specific set of things they have as a moral compass, or things that are good and bad. But that shit changes from culture to culture. So I don't like. I don't. I. I but um, the only thing I can think of can... is like the thing that is. I don't. I don't look at stuff that's like good. I look at more. I feel like bad is easier to identify. So like you can understand suffering because that's more universal. So I feel like you can dictate stuff that is good if it doesn't cause that sort of anguish and suffering, which is different, you know, from person well, to person. Suffering
0: obviously can be a positive thing.
1: It can if be, it's but not, sometimes it's not, then it's, then you're, then
0: it's, that's, that's sadistic. Yeah. But that's what no, I'm saying. It, just, it's, it,
1: it literally just depends on what you're talking about. I don't, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes this spiritual stuff can kind of get wishy-washy because you're throwing out a universal, you know, code to like individual things that sometimes it just doesn't apply.
0: The only thing that applies to everyone is Jesus. <laughs>
1: You can't can say that every by that single claim? time.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. Of course, I can say that. Oh. Uh I don't know if I want to get into this. Eh. What? Um, no, just because like we've talked enough about um, like the, the, these kind of things and like just like religious debate, and I like, I just don't really think you would want to talk about it more. I don't know.
1: No, I'm not going into religious debate. I just think it's interesting and um, because I I I don't know where I've heard metaphysics before. Um, but I, 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 like I said, I think really, honestly, even the true beauty, like, even if you want to take any sort of those, you know, ideologies into practice, it's just the fact that you're doing self-reflecting and you know you can latch on it's like the the power of placebo is really strong so if you're doing something that you think is actually beneficial and it you know objectively is beneficial especially to the people around you then it doesn't matter what that thing is like i feel like people get you know way too caught up in specifics and sometimes like they're too narrow like they're they have so much tunnel vision and then there's other factors that come into play that didn't realize that also was you know helpful for that growth too and you know that's what i'm saying going going back to what i was saying about you know people asking me for advice when they're depressed. Like you know, I always tell them like, I'm not the best person to ask. I just know like this works for me. And it when, from my, you know, education, educational guesses, and just looking at people, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty observant. Like I, I look at how people live their lives and I try to like, you know, avoid the mistakes that they make and inadvertently make my own mistakes. But, you know, it, it just seems like everybody is just trying to avoid what actually is good and what actually makes them feel good. And then they're just forcing that, they're just trying to force the good and then that kind of euphoria goes away so that's why just you know the beauty is just finding your sense of self and i think most of your anguish after that kind of goes away
0: yeah because like a lot of like we were talking about like like depression comes from like a lack of identity and like also like conformity ideology wise
1: yeah i obviously there's a bunch of biological shit like the chemical imbalances and all that but i think like because, like, people come from
0: these external things, obviously.
1: Oh, for sure. And, yeah, and external meaning, like, media, food, culture, like, a bu- like there's a bunch. Like, it's not yeah. just, like, you're born with this innate chemical factors, imbalance. Yeah. I think that's, I don't know. I, I feel like most of it is pharmaceutical companies pushing that narrative onto psychologists and psychiatrists. And it's, on, like, yeah. m- when I listen to people talk, it just sounds like they've been sold a fucking codependency. and. It's sad, and I think you know you have to do things in tandem. So it's like if you have cancer, like you don't just want to switch to not like obviously chemo is awful, but you know it's going to be the matter of life and death. So it's like you know you're supposed to do natural remedies with that. So you know you can take medicine and change your minds. You I mean you have to do more than just being a victim of things like you you can't just like coast through your life and expect other people to fix your shit for you You have to have that sense of autonomy and the people that keep going into rehab or keep falling back into their vices or you know can never beat their mental illness it's because they've just fallen into that trap No yeah. oh, jesus <laughs> you gotta be more specific Because I feel like that that kind of forces that same thing. So it's like you can't just like make a blanket. You have to get specific with it. Because well, I'll put it this way then.
0: Um, Sure. So well, no. It's it's basically so. So Jesus is like, he is the great teacher. He is the he is the wisest master. He is the greatest human being to ever walk this earth. He is the source of everything that is good, true, one, and beautiful. So. Anything that he did was perfect. Therefore, if I need to look, like if, if I need advice, I need anything to help me in life, I always turn to him because I know that everything he says is true. He even says this He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. Like you could see this in like a bunch of the different things he says. And that's why, since Jesus is the greatest good, there is no good outside of him. So. If you do something that is objectively good, it is in the realm of Christ, if you see what I'm saying. Mm. And when you lack Christ, you can no longer do anything good, essentially.
1: Do you, have you, and I, I don't know if you know about, the, I mean, they might have told you in metaphysics, but you might find this interesting. Are you aware of, like, the the actual, like, written down Gnostic teachings of Jesus that his disciples recorded?
0: Like, what is the... Tell me what the Gnostic teaching is, just one more time.
1: So, it basically he had a bunch of like mystical um, doctrines, basically to help people ascend to a higher spiritual truth. Not just you know speaking the word of God or you know doing miracles or talking to metaphor. Like he actually had like philosophical ideas. And and I'm I'm gonna say this wrong. I think one of the most important Gnostic scriptures that he did was the the Pistis Sophia, or Pistis. I think that's how you say it. P i s t i s. Um, and so basically it's, it's kind of like that similar plane of like, you know, because most of the thing, I I think the, the church has kind of gone away from that sort of mindset because it's more like, it's the difference between telling somebody what to do for control and like giving somebody the control to, you know, shape their own life. So like a lot, in my opinion of most of modern religion has kind of played off with that fact. Obviously, like if you can take the aspect of like the word of God and the Eucharist and the gospel, and then you can kind of elevate your own spiritual life. You kind of got the point already, but the fact that the church doesn't really kind of like most people don't even know about that side of him that he, like I said, he has whole scriptures about, you know, self-improvement in that light of mysticism.
0: He never wrote that though. Hmm? And the other thing is because like, well, no, but Jesus never actually, he never wrote that down.
1: But, um, apparently he was in the, it was a scripture that he had this scripture of, um,
0: no, but the other thing is, like, these are not accepted as divinely inspired because they, like, the reason that the four Gospels that exist are the ones that are accepted because there's a tons of Gospels, obviously. There's tons of Gospels written, and they had a bunch of these dudes like, hey, we need to figure out which, which ones are real and which ones are not. And the four Gospels are the only ones that, like, the details, like, actually match. Not to, not, like, 100%. There's variation, but, like, they more or less do, like, in, in terms of, like, what Jesus says, the actual details of, like, the plot and everything. They're the four that are, like, the most consistent. And the other ones, even if, like, oh, yeah, it, it'll be, like, different, but, like, there's nothing, there's not another book, there's not another gospel that is, like, comparable to it, if you see what I'm saying. Because um even, like, during the early church... And like when the first like heretics were arising, um, like the, the reason that you need a bishop in a church in order for it to be a church and you and to have validly ordained priests, you because the bishops are the descendants of the apostles and the apostles had the Holy Spirit come upon them. And the apostles did the laying of laying of the hands on the successors to them and so on and so forth. And when you don't have that, you no longer have that like divinic connection, obviously, to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And even in the early church, there was other people that didn't do that. They didn't do the the the, the like the laying on of the hands, and they were like, No, we are the real church. Listen to us. And yeah.
1: <laughs> so I don't know. I mean the fact that this that's is That's
0: why that that's why this stuff matters at the end of the day.
1: I know. I just think some of it's by design because, I mean, it's it's been obviously like anything that's not been, you know, the main gospels has been contradicted by the church because there are a lot of alternatives that people have claimed, especially, like I said, through the Dead Sea Scrolls and all the shit that people claim to be missing books but the thing that's interesting about this one is it focuses basically like the that's why I th- I, you should go look it up the Pisces Sophia because it's claimed that it's like it's basically written by his disciples after like resurrection and he basically it, it goes into the topic of like consciousness in terms of self in terms oh, of yeah. body and soul no
0: like Obviously, the book is not banned. Like no, it's not banned, certain, but it's just um, not like for yeah. it's not
1: seen as like a legible part of Christianity, which I find very interesting. That like that aspect of Christianity is not find legible when it could be probably have a lot of self improvement, especially if it's been you know because I, I feel like if all it takes is somebody high in the church to validate that this is you know what Jesus taught, and then that should be the only thing that really should be important to people, right? Especially if it's beneficial.
0: Right. No. No. There obviously is a lot of good things that come out of this. But at the same time, like I brought up, is that there's just certain, and I I, I don't know which ones it would be specifically, but the, like the reasons that these books were not included in the canon is because they just contain facts, even if it was small, or a lot that just are not true and contradict the ultimate message of Jesus. And obviously, like the church, even like when they um they comment about these kind of books, like. You can get a lot out of these books, but they're like at the end of the day, they're just not the divinely inspired word of God.
1: That that's that's my whole point. That's why I find it interesting that like stuff of that vein is not considered like the word of God or, or actually I, let me rephrase that. The fact that that kind of structure goes against the word of God. That's why I in my like view looking in it's more of an aspect of control because, you know, like i said self perseverance and responsibility kind of trumps like that herd mentality so like it's not it's it's not as easy to control people when they're under the guise of you know they they've found their identity and the sense of purpose they don't have to get that within a group or like within a social setting like they have that sense of autonomy but i just think it's interesting why that is contradictory because i don't think it has to be con it, it to me it the only reason it should be contradicting is if you're trying to control people like like having a self-improving message should not be contradictory to that message. Like, I, I don't I don't get that when I hear that. That's why I think it's interesting. Oh, let put it this way. It shouldn't contradict so, it is what I'm saying.
0: I mean, obviously, like, it is only contradicting in certain parts, obviously. But um, at the end of the day, the church is not only concerned, obviously, with what is right and wrong, but it is literally concerned with just what is factually true and what is not that's why like there was just there was debates for hundreds of years about the the nature of jesus and like is he is he divine is he human is he fully god is he fully human is he like partially the both and there was like there's tons of debate over that because that's like obviously the the mission of the church is to spread the good news and the gospel and to bring jesus to the world but also it is just it is concerned of like what is true and what is false if you see what i'm saying
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in any sort of message that you can take, it's like I said, it's whatever you personally find beneficial. But yeah, I would, I would, I would give it a read. I want to see what your thoughts is on it because it kind of touches on some of those similar sort of planes. It deals with consciousness and sense of self, and it kind of is Like, I mean, honestly, metaphysics probably came similar from those types of teachings because they, like, they all just sound too similar to not be connected. So it pretty much gives the same sort of met, like, I don't know cause like when I, like when I listen to metaphysics, it, it feels like it's of the same vein as all the other stuff I was just talking about. So that's why I'm saying, I don't know how like that. You part know, be yeah. contradicting I mean, because, Oh no, it is related
0: obviously, but, um, how do I put it? I mean, it's, it's like you said how, you know, and we've talked about this, how like every kind of culture and every history, there's always like devotion to a higher power. And there's always worship to something else. And that just obviously it's to me, it's just more proof that there is something there, you know, because it's like there is no culture that is not worship something.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a higher power. Like we just have an innate need to worship things and or just be addicted to things or just have something else take the mm-hmm. reins for to you know have responsibility over our lives. I think that's a pretty human concept.
0: Wait, because we, we're always trying to find the meaning like you can't have a life where you say that there is no meaning like that just that doesn't work you're always trying to find the meaning it doesn't matter yeah if you say there's no meaning because you'll just still try to find it (laughs) or the meaning is that there is no meaning
1: (laughs) yeah i I hear people say that and i think it's just more based off of trauma or the fact that the world's so fucked up because it's easy and i kind of carry some of those mindsets where it's like you know like i have a i'm not I wouldn't say I'm bad with money like I'm not in like massive amounts of debt but I don't save as much as I should and I think my mindset is just like fuck it the world's just going down to hell everything's getting inflated I might as well enjoy the short time I have on this planet as opposed to like trying to save more money in case of emergency or just being more you know fiscally smart so oh no and there's there's
0: a lot of good from that like obviously I just rewatched Toy Story 2 and it had that really profound message in it, which I just, it was, I was so impressed. It was, it was that it was like in a kid's movie. It's how,
1: um I think it's funny. Like we, how, every time we talk about stuff like this, you always tie it back to a message in a kid's movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's because they're fucking genius. Yeah. But um, yeah. So how, like, you know, how Woody gets his like arm ripped and then Andy is like, damn, I don't want to play with you anymore. Woody, I'll just put you up on like the reserve shelf or whatever. And then Woody's like, wait, shit. Like my time with, with Andy is like temporary and shit. And then, you know, he has the offer to go with like Jesse bullseye and stinky Pete to go to that museum in Japan. And they're telling him like, Oh, it'll be great. We'll be there forever. Like we'll have people watching us forever. It'll be like, it's just, it's, it's a never ending like paradise of just people always be watching us. And like, that's great. And then, And then Woody's like, oh, yeah, of course, Anki wants to go with them. Because he's like, oh, Woody, like, Andy doesn't care about me anymore. But then he's like, oh, wait. And, like, Buzz tries to talk to him. He's like, dude, you seriously want to, like, be behind glass and, like, not be able to, like, move and have all of these random people look at you that you don't even know? Like, you want that for the rest of your life? Is that seriously going to make you happy? It's like... And then Andy's like, no, sorry, fuck. And then Woody's like, yeah, you know what? Like, maybe this time that I have with Andy, even if it's temporary, I'm just going to fucking enjoy it, you know, cause yeah, (laughs) that's what life's all about.
1: Yeah. I think you kind of have to live in both parallels. Like you, you can't have the mindset like, Oh, I'm going to just do, you know, impulse decisions because you're using the excuse of the world being a fucked up place or, you know, it is true. Time is short, but you you don't want to put yourself in situations where it's going to cause you more anguish. So you kind of have to find that line of, if it's, you have to think of the consequence, like, is this, is this consequence going to be super detrimental? And then, if not, then you can hit the fuck it button, you know? Yeah. So I just think it's, for me, I kind of teeter more on the fuck it line, even though, I mean, I am responsible. And for the, like I said, I'm not in trouble. So I just need to not blow as much money as I do, but I'm not going to get myself into like massive amounts of debt. That's not going to be a thing unless like I have medical, like unless something really bad happens, but not just out of compulsory. Or a compulsive behavior. You know,
0: yeah, that shit always crossed my head like, oh shit, what if I get cancer? Like, oh shit, what if I like accidentally yeah. what if someone rams into me? You can't on do the that, highway? man. Like, you can't do that oh, to yourself. Fuck.
1: You gotta you gotta push those intrusive thoughts. Oh away. no.
0: I- exactly. It's not like a constant thing. But like, you know, that's what I do is I just go listen to like tool <laughs> It just fucking takes it away, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I was just I was listening to Fear and Oculum again the other day. Oh, man, that album, it just brings me to tears sometimes. And, like, I'm just... I'm not afraid to say that, because it does. It's just... It's so... Like, Maynard's voice is... It's so beautiful. I don't even know how to, like, put it in other words. Like, he has a beautiful voice. It legitimately just moves my soul. And especially, like, on on the title track, on Invincible, and Numa, and, like, all of them, man. Like, Descending, I think Descending is just one of the most epic tracks they've ever done. Same with Tempest. And, like, really, honestly, I would be fine if that was, like, their last album. Because I think they just fucking went, like, they just did it. And, like, it honestly, a lot of the songs, it just kind of sounds like that. And they they were talking about that, um, obviously, like, in, in Invincible, how I, I... Obviously, you know, like, Maynard with his lyrics, he's like, you can take whatever you want from it, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. But I was reading this one article about how Invincible is kind of like, um aging and, like, the inevitable, like, wisdom, but also, like, um, breakdown that you get with age, you know, and that's, like, that was relating to how Tool is just kind of older now. Oh, and I just thought that was genius. You know? Because yeah. I remember y- you had told me how like that was their kind of most base lyrics, which yes,
1: you're right. It's their most They're straightforward kinda... for sure. I mean that the, the theme of yeah, like, straightforward the coping yeah. with you getting weaker as you're getting older it was a pretty prevalent theme in that. He he fucking referenced Ponce daily on for God's sake, like <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like it was pretty straightforward. But um what was I gonna say? Yeah, going back to the singing thing, I, I do. Yeah, he's one of my favorite vocalists. I find his voice very beautiful. It's funny because like my um, because like obviously like I listened to my dad. I, I I don't know if I told you when they came to DC a couple years ago, I actually took my dad to go see them because he's not the oh, he, shit. he's not the biggest fan of this yes. genre, but um, it was still like I like doing like father son stuff, so I decided to go. And he it's funny because like he um, Parabola is his favorite song from them but what's funny because like you say like his voice is so beautiful he i remember i was i put on the because it starts off with parable um and he was like do you ever notice that when he sings it sounds like he's in pain like it sounds like he's like physically injured while he's singing (laughs) (laughs) what he said that yeah he was like it sounds like he's like he's like whimpering when he sings it sounds like he's like he like busted his toe on a door and then like just went into the microphone (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> um that's not that's not what i get out of it i can okay. kind
1: of <laughs> hear it like when he goes like the little like the higher pitch kind of moans and whines that he does like with the little <laughs> with his intonation yeah it kind of sounds like he's in pain he's just like <laughs> he's kind of wailing
0: <laughs> but, um, oh my god i cannot believe how like their music it just like it just ignites that, like, we were talking about, just, like, that inspiration, especially from Fear Inoculum. And I feel guilty liking Fear Inoculum a fuck ton. And, like, I'm starting to like it more than the the other first, like, few albums. Um, But I just, like, I, I'm just, like, I'm sorry. Like, the songs on there that are actually songs, because I know half of them are just cryptic stuff, are just, like, I don't I don't know what it is. Like, they just inspire me in a way that, like, I'm not saying that their, their other music doesn't, it just, this one kind of just does it in a different way, if you know what I'm saying.
1: I think it's just also because that's really the, I mean, I'm not, not the album that, that you got introduced to them with, but like the fact that like you listen to them a lot and that's their newest album. So like, that's the one that you like, you play the most. And it's just the one that's like the freshest, like that's, it's pretty much going to be the one that you gravitate towards. It's like whatever that, cause I like, I assume like this is like, that, that's the first album that you really got into with them.
0: Fear Oculus? Yeah. No, 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 no. The first album I listened to them was um I think it was it was Undertow cuz I had listened to a little bit of 10,000 Days Undertow and I went was back one? and I was like that was the first one I listened to from easy. start to finish, yeah. Um but the one that did stick to me for a while was um I was like in Anima. But then I remember I was in the gym in like Baton Rouge or some shit when I was visiting for um, might have been like Easter or something like that. I remember I had I just listened to Lateralis in the gym and I was like, whoa. Like and I had listened to it before, but I was like, this time I was like, "Whoa, there's something here that's like fucking awesome."
1: I think also listening like listening to any music in the gym, really accentuates it because you just you're in a heightened sense and like oh, you got yeah. your adrenaline going. So like if you have music to match that, that like you're gonna really like it more. Like there are songs that I'm like, all right, whatever, but then like when I listen to them in the gym, I just think because like you're in that headspace, it's like you, I, it's just any music in the gym is gonna get you going.
0: Even Beethoven, bro.
1: I haven't listened to classical in the gym. I should try that to see what that does. I probably would get, yeah. it probably would bore that? me to the point where like I get frustrated. Like I would like really like, I'm the type of person, like if I don't zone out in the gym, like I I can't do my workout because like I just notice how hard it is and I and then I want to stop immediately and it's just, I, oh, I need yeah. to zone out.
0: Exactly, like, you don't have that order, like that, d- 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 come on, like I need to get the rhythm going, you know? Yeah, exactly. I lose the um,
1: rhythm and I just don't want to do it. So I have to, I, right. I don't know though. I'm kind of curious to try that. I'm gonna give that a go this week and see what that does.
0: What the classical music?
1: Yeah, to see if I can actually do it in the gym. Um,
0: there's a lot of music from Vivaldi, which is very it's very ostinato, like so it's gonna, it's gonna sound very like urgent and like, like um, it's 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 more entertaining, obviously like on the surface level.
1: Was he a Flight of the Valkyries? Is that him? Or is, am I thinking? No, I. I think "Flight of the Valkyries" is Wagner. Okay, because I like that song. That that song I could probably listen to in the gym.
0: That's good. I love. Um, I think it's Blue Danube. Like the. Da, 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 da,
1: da. Oh, I could not listen. I love just... my because like every time I see that in a movie, I'm just like, oh no, God I, damn it. I wouldn't do that like in the gym, but the, I I just that music is just, Mwah. oh, it's so good. I just um, think of like people in wigs fucking ballroom dancing, and I just fuck. It's a cool aesthetic,
0: but anyways, uh, no, Vivaldi was the Four Seasons dude. Okay. He was Venetian, and he was also a priest. Vivaldi. Vivaldi. Um. Yeah, no, like, the the Italians, they fucking knew what they were doing with music, so did the Germans, Yeah. because the Germans have Bach, who is, like, the grandfather of, like, basically all Western music. Um, he did that He, you know Takata and Fugue in D minor which is like it's the quote unquote like Dracula music yeah yeah Bach did all of that any like badass dark moody organ shit Bach
1: did all that stuff I do it's, enjoy it's, it's, some it's of that you know? I don't know if I like again I wouldn't sit and listen to it but I, I do enjoy it every time I, I hear it <laughs> you wouldn't even sit and listen to that stuff not voluntarily I don't listen really to classical music at uh. all I think I might need to
0: bring. I, I might need to get a recommendation for that. Like, I, I need to get some kind of classical thing.
1: Yeah, we a good change of pace.
0: Overthinking, overanalyzing separates
1: <laughs> the body from and the mind. That's mice. not gonna become a recurring thing on here.
0: <laughs> yeah, Will, you better not fucking recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I I had another idea. Like, what if we talked about an album that, like, it doesn't necessarily need to be Lateralis, but it's like an album where it's like yes we we know that one we like that one but let's just go and talk about it in a more in-depth way i don't
1: know yeah we could um it could work like
0: like oh let's talk about obviously um i don't think i've even listened to the whole opiate
1: yeah do that do that one next i'll um for the for the next one do opiate can like really get involved like i'm trying to think a lot of the oh
0: um you want to do that as your recommendation
1: yeah why not I was going to recommend a Slipknot album next, but if you want to do that, then we can do that.
0: Um, I mean, which one would you rather do? Cause I don't really care.
1: Um, we can do both if you want. Cause like I've, I've obviously, I've heard it. Um,
0: Oh, and also opiates really short. So it's not
1: that, it's only like eight tracks, I think, or even less than that. It's not that long.
0: I'm trying to remember. Wait, the, well, the, the Mark Anthony album was
1: nine. Yeah. That was a good pace.
0: Um, Actually, I think I'd actually rather just do opiate. Okay. I hate to be. uh, Yeah, we'll do um, that for next time. Yeah. Okay.
1: Man, we haven't been talking for two hours yet. I think this is a good place to end it.
0: Yeah, no, I can't believe we're finishing early.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's just how the flow goes, man.
0: Yeah, well, tomorrow I'm going to Tennessee. For what? My sister's graduation. How many sisters do you
1: have? Oh, I have wait, three wait. sisters. I forgot. I've, I remember you mentioning your sister in Tennessee last time. I was just like, holy fuck, how many states do you have sisters in?
0: <laughs> yeah, Will, what the fuck?
1: <sighs> yeah, I
0: have, for those wondering, I have one brother and three sisters, so we are five children.
1: Nice, fruitful family.
0: Yes, and we live in a townhouse for three people i think <laughs> because we we decided to rent this house before COVID hit and obviously like three of the five siblings were in college at the time so we didn't think about that and then when they all they all had to move back in for COVID, and it's like fuck <laughs> what do we
1: do row <laughs> yeah townhomes suck for that especially because they're so yeah. narrow inside
0: yeah but it honestly got kind of cozy and fun. After after a while, like, we had to get through this, the annoying shit, but then,
1: you know. Yeah, I, I find that coziness with, like, single-story ranch homes. Like, I don't need a ton of space. I don't need a two-story house, especially because it's a house you can retire in, man. You don't want a bunch of fucking steps when you're older, you don't have to be sent into a home or install a chairlift on your fucking house. You know, like, the dude and up <laughs> Yeah, like, fuck that. You don't need a two-story house. Dude, you saw that have fucking less stuff, meme. stuff, people.
0: Yeah, it, listen to George Carlin. <laughs> why do we have stuff? And he was like, why, why do we have our houses to put our stuff in? Because if you didn't have any stuff, you wouldn't even need your house. You'd just be walking around.
1: <laughs> oh, fucking George Carlin. No, man.
0: but I saw this other, I was going to tell you about the meme. It was, it was like the sequel to Up, and it just said Down. And it's like, he just like goes like in the fucking earth. And they're like oh, shit, where'd he go? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> shit post of the century.
0: Oh, also, I showed my mom this epic meme from Orthodox Meme Squad. Um, it's it's this one where, like, it, it shows, like, the virgin in the Chad, and then the virgin has, like, a onesie on, and he's saying, I learned Japanese because I love anime and, and Japanese culture, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, the Chad, such a waste of time. And then it just shows a picture of him, and it shows, like, the, the gospel in Greek, and it's, like, and it's just, like, going, it's just saying the, the gospel of John in Greek, and it's, like, the, the Orthodox priest with, like, the gigachad imposed, like, on the thing. And then my mom looks at that, and she's, like, wait, what? It seems like, I had to explain everything. And then she goes like, wait, so Chad's the good guy? I thought Chad was the bad guy.
1: Dude, I fucking hate show. I don't even show my parents shit anymore. I'm tired of having those conversations. No, I think, I, I mean, I don't do it that much, but I just think it's funny. <laughs> if I have to, ask- if I have to answer, do I know this person one more time? I'm going to fucking scream.
0: Yeah, wait, Chad's the, Chad's the, not the bad guy? What? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, mom's joke up oh, mom you're being kyle you're you you are literally feeding into the shut up karen exactly wait what's the opposite of karen because you know like the opposite of kyle is chad but then what's the opposite of of karen
1: nah, fuck there probably isn't one i have no idea there are no good women
0: fuck no because they're all the same and they're... no okay i don't want to canceled. i don't
1: i don't legitimately believe that i'm just saying that for the memes i don't know we already know but... your views on women and voting
0: well, no, but I reinforce that by saying that I don't think that people under the age of, like, I don't know, like, let's say 30, I guess, shouldn't even vote. It doesn't matter what the fuck your gender is. I don't think anybody should fucking vote. That's why we go back to monarchy, where it was just delivered in a line of, of like, a royal family. Because, you, you know.
1: It's like, if we're all going to be stupid, we might as well not pretend we actually have a choice. Exactly. I think George Carlin talked about that. Yeah, you have no choice. You have no rights. It's an illusion.
0: Oh yeah, wasn't he like? He was like Amer- he was like America's one big fucking lie. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he was. He was no stranger to the fucking way our government runs. Or just oh, our no, system yeah, there's, in a,
0: there's a lot, obviously, that we disagree on. Me and George Carlin, but like he can just hit it home <laughs> so fucking well. Yeah, it's he, hilarious. Uh, that's right. He kicks like religion stuff in
1: nuts pretty hard.
0: Yeah, that's where we disagree. Um uh, wait, is he like from New York or something like that? Yeah, he's from New York. Okay, now I see why he hates religion. <laughs> <laughs> because like I've kind of noticed this. I've kind of noticed how like people that are from like New York or Boston that's where they're kind of weird but like the priests like out here aren't you know and they're kind of actually like what a priest is supposed to be
1: (laughs) yeah dude it's like that one movie that was based on a true story about how like 60 percent of the priests in boston were doing like fucking ungodly shit with children
0: (laughs) oh no yeah that that's like the that's like the epicenter of all fucked up shit done by the clergy yeah boston but um yeah, and like, but I was I was reading this book about like the Eucharist, and it was talking about how like the role and like the occupation of a priest, which is the most like it's the most holy thing. Like it's the it, it's the only occupation that is not man made. It is the only in, like it is the only job that was instituted by Christ, and like it is it is the most like the a priest is literally it's the, as the book said, he is the mysterious and mystical like representation of God. Like he's, he's representing Jesus Christ. And like, there's a certain like reverence that comes with that.
1: Right.
0: But over the years, obviously like they've, they've taken away certain things and they've, they've obviously like, there's a lot of things in the old mass where like only the priest was allowed to do it, like handing out communion and obviously, but now when you take that away and you let, normal people give out communion you lose that kind of like mysticism with the priest and you kind of tend to and like now you start to just view him as like a regular person and that's why like you know we have that disconnect you know obviously like with spirituality in a lot of like those kind of places like boston and stuff like that and religion there because joe rogan talked about how he was like yeah go figure you get to dress up as a wizard (laughs) and talk about the word of god it's like you think these people aren't creepy and it's like yeah but that's just because like they have slowly become like we've slowly become to like see these people not as like this they are priests this is like part of their nature this is just who they are as opposed to like oh this is just a regular person who's one of us who's just dressing up in a costume i forgot he did that bit (laughs) but but you see what i'm saying yeah no i do now because like when we see priests it's just kind of like oh, they're just dressing up, as opposed to, like, back in the day, like, there was restrictions about, like, um, seeing priests and, like, what they were allowed to wear and who they were allowed to see and stuff like that. So, like, there there was that reverence and, and like, awe and mysticism that's just not there anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's a good place to end it because if not, I'll talk for hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I... Yeah. Yeah. I mean the last thing I'll add to that is yeah, it's I mean, if it's a divergence from its original intent, it's, you know, easy to see why it loses its impact. I just think you can look like into anything objectively and just either like keep with tradition or not keep with tradition and then if you get the same message then sure. But yeah, it definitely I see how it loses a much of that impact if it is a complete divergence from it. But
0: Yeah, and that's why I'm like like with like all the Vatican two and all this stuff and like just like the the new liturgy and the abandonment of the Latin mass, I was like, who looked at the Latin mass and was like, that's bad. Like, what were y'all thinking? Like, why do you think that all this like apostasy and all of this like clerical abuse scandals have come on? It's like, cause if, if the liturgy sucks, then the priest is going to suck. If like a priest is not reverent to God, he's not definitely not going to be reverent to like lay people and children you know, it's it's terrible. I don't know. And that's like, I mean, no, nah, I mean, I, I could say this for the other episode because there's a bunch of different restrictions and stuff like that. And just certain things have become more lax and stuff like that. I just now, think it's just that, like you're in a position
1: yeah. of power, it's just easy to abuse, especially, like I said, politicians, actors. But yes, it's, That's just exactly. really more of what and, it is.
0: No, and, and that 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 is very true of priests as well because yeah. like a lot of priests that like they're supposed to – deny communion to politicians that support like to Catholic politicians that support things like abortion or a bunch of these other things that they're not supposed to or LGBTQ, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's like cont- contradicting the doctrine. They are not allowed to receive communion, but the priests are too worried about doing that. Cause they don't want to have a bunch of people on their doorstep, like banging on the door. And they don't want to have like, they don't want to lose their position. Obviously like the bishops, they don't want to lose their position as Bishop. And it's terrible. And it's terrible that these people have like just, like become the the supposed to be role model like role models of the church and the like mystic representations of Jesus Christ it's 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 awful it's so sad
1: do you think it's fixable oh it definitely
0: um all i can do all i can tell you is that the only thing i do is just pray and hope and just trust in Jesus Christ because even if other people are doing shitty things, that doesn't mean that I can still look to the teachings of Jesus Christ and know how to better myself, which in turn better[s] other people. And yeah, and I think it is. I I think it is. It is most definitely fixable. But how we necessarily do that, and how long it would take, and like what it would what we need to do to do it. That's we could say that for another podcast because that's a long story yep and so, I think that perfectly yeah.
1: summarizes the whole theme of the episode that we've been talking today, so that's a good closer
0: yeah i I think we've been just we've been doing some really good topics. This is a good episode
1: yeah I like this one a lot Mar-
0: from Mark Anthony to metaphysics to um I don't know
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right stay versatile bitches
0: yeah be able to listen to salsa music and then also be able to know. The three three types of being
1: from metaphysics. Pop quiz on Monday. See you next time. See you
0: next time, bitches.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.